It is Friday, or the week of Friday, uh, December 16th, 2011. I'm Sarah. I'm here with the editor-in-chief of ComicVine.com, Tony Guerrero. Hi. And special guest, writer James Robinson is here. Hello. Hello, Hello everybody. Hello, James. Hello, Sarah. How are you? I'm really well. I'm really well. Oh, good. Uh, we're going to talk about the shade. Thank you. I have one thing to say first. Oh, great. I looked on the comments page, because you, you gave the shade a very, very nice review. Thank you. And uh, I, Which I, I thank you for, and uh, well, I, mean, I, I appreciate that. You know, I'm not trying to... No, I know. If, if you didn't yeah. like it, you would at least just Definitely not... Definitely tell you. Yes. Um... But in the comments page, one gentleman who's, who had a name which had carpet in it, I forget what it was, said... Walking carpet? Walking carpet. Said, I think I might pick up the shade, although on the podcast, James Robinson sounds like a douche. <laughs> <laughs> and I really... I'm not a douche, am I? I think I'm a pretty nice guy. No, I think that uh, a lot of um, your jokes might... People might not get them, and they they might think that or they may perceive that you're being serious when you're not i yes i've heard someone else say that i'm cruel to you and you should people at home should know that as as i make these remarks i'm actually smiling at her and she knows i'm just having fun with yeah her. i mean i i i think that um since i started at comic vine I've, I've gotten some pretty thick skin so i can take your <laughs> sense of humor okay <laughs> and i say things to about to tony as well yes yeah and it's just, just yeah yeah so uh, we're all friends here. Yes, we are. Is what it comes down to. And we're holding hands at the moment, like a séance. Oh, you know that's creepy. Yes. But yeah. I'll I won't say anything hands. more about that. Um. Okay. So so I have a couple of questions about okay. the shade. Okay. Um. So in this issue, and we're going to spoil it just a little bit, not a whole lot, um, because we do want you guys to go out and, and pick it up. Um. He. He goes to Australia. Yes. Right. So this very remote town in Australia, Alice Springs, which is very well known as the, as being in the center of Australia. Now, um, the Monger Kunja Kunja. Yes. Um, so I, I looked this up, mm. and um, there's not a lot of information about this. What? Why? Why did you decide to use this? I mean, I I mean, I didn't look extensively into this topic, but. Um, I found it to be, well, I just thought it was interesting. Now, I, I grew up in, I didn't grow up, I, I spent four years as a boy in Australia. Okay. And I, I, even like uh, when the shade bonds with a certain animal in Dreamtime, mm -hmm. it isn't just a, I mean, it's a swan. It isn't just a swan that happens to be black because he's the shade. It's one of um, Australia's national animals is a black swan. Oh, That really? only exists in Australia. Wow. So I tried to, and I, when I was a little boy... And I had this book of, uh, book of, um, uh, you know, the encyclopedia with, with various animals. And inevitably, we would a couple of times, a, for some reason, we always got this, where we would have to draw a national Australian animal. Mm -hmm. So where everyone else was, as a, as a four, five-year-old, a six-year-old, was doing these horrible, like, you know, um, koalas that look like little goblins and weird crocodile, not crocodile, um, um, kangaroo things because, you know, kids couldn't draw. I would just trace a swan and then colour it black. And I, okay. every time I got the top mark. for, the, mm. for so, so that's why so that's why I know about that. But anyway, um, why did I pick that? Just, it's interesting and it's not 
law, if you if you think about it, like all all law, all myth now, mm-hmm. someone's kind of gone into it to some degree, you know, from the very ancient myths of Greek and, and Roman and, and Norse myths, and even, you know, Indian myths and 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 Chinese myths, obscure stuff, you know, mm-hmm. big, big Ten dealt with some of the sort of Chinese myths and legends. And, and I realised that, you know, the Australian stuff hasn't really been tapped. So I just wanted to put my toe in that in the water of Australian mythology and it was actually quite interesting what they believe in and, and what they and how the, and the fact is as as I reference in the comic book how tribes in northern in, in southern Australia, New, New South Wales, have a different set of beliefs or a variation on the set on the set of beliefs than the guys in the in, in, in the tribes in uh, central Australia. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose that. And and you know and, and for me it reminded me of, you know, I wanted, like when I was growing up, I had lots of Greek friends, little little Greek boys, you know, and girls. Mm-hmm. So that's why I came up with that character who is of Greek descent, who's an Australian superhero. Interesting. Um, now, when, I mean, I mean, would you, did you introduce this and, and this is it? Like, this is the only moment that we'll really be seeing this? He's going to be hopping all over... Well, that's not true, no. This ties in to the big conclusion that I hope you get to see, actually. Mm-hmm. So it, it, there's more to it, and, and you'll see if Fraser Irving gets to do his arc, it will tie in with Dreamtime and everything else. Okay. Well, that's kind of depressing. Why? Oh, you're, you're speaking in, like, what-ifs, you know? Well, I, I mean, it's out of my hands, you know? Um, in fact, the only thing I, I did promise... One guy that twittered me, who wanted to know, you know, with sales where they are, how you can say that the book is going to be cancelled, and I was trying to explain that what it is is that there is a there's basically a formula. Comics have been published for long enough now that when a first issue comes out, you can kind of tell where it's going to be by issue eight or nine. Mm-hmm. So that's where all of this is. Like if it tapers off, and so so that's that is uh, you know as 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 um, as uh, Gene Harb twittered, mm-hmm. he's been told to stop work. He was told to stop work and not to do anything. So, you know, it's just, it's a it's a very real thing. Someone said I was just being an alarmist, but I'm absolutely not. Someone else online said I was being an alarmist, but I'm not. So I don't know if you'll get to see the ending, but if you do, it does tie in with dream time and the story and everything else. Well, um, the character on the last page, will that be tying into the end of the story as well? Oh yeah, because I've told you. Oh, absolutely. In, yeah. And yes, and and you'll you'll see him as a younger man in the next issue too. Okay. Um, I was under the impression that the shade was sort of one of his kind. Yes. Um. So anyone related to the shade, older than the shade. You have to wait. Wait and see. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, it was great. I thought you were going to go into like Neil Gaiman Dreamtime. Endless. No, but I mean, the, I, I think the, the person that has touched on it before in comments was actually Grant Morrison. I think touched on it in the Invisibles. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the dreaming is just something that Neil create, you know, dreamed up. Pun, no pun intended. Whereas Dreamtime is a term that exists, and, and the dreaming actually are terms that have existed in uh, Australian Aboriginal yeah. mythology for for since before. Going to walk about. What's that? Going to walk about. Well, that's that's a, a practice that they do, yeah, to commune with with the with the earth and the trees, absolutely. 
Now, so uh, I know it's kind of a, a bad subject, but so if the series doesn't reach completion, I mean, I th- I think comic readers are going to be like, you know, it, they're going to be like, like, what's the point of, of reading any miniseries? You know, it, it kind of goes both ways. Like, you know, if, if you're not supporting it, you're not going to be able to see it. But why would someone invest not knowing, you know, the possibility? Well, that's it. I don't know. I mean, you know, I could have been quiet about this. Yeah, but... But I figured yeah. why, you know... Mm-hmm. Exactly. If 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 things, well, you know, if it, if the book doesn't get completed and I haven't said anything, I'll feel like I should have. Whereas at least this this way, it's in the hands of the readers, and if people want to support this book, and I would love them to, because like like Marvel had that all winners squad. It was supposed to be an eight issue miniseries, and it only went to issue five. So it's like you never got the end of the story, and it's like that sucks. You know, if it you, does. You, it you, does. You suck. buy all these issues, and then the publisher is just. I understand it if. If it's a financial thing or whatever, but still, it's like, if like if you're going like, to commit to something, they've already invested, you know, in paying you and paying the artist to do the work on the book. So, yeah, why I, not just? Well, it's it's, but then there's publishing and there's 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 other monies that you have to put out. And, yeah, there's yeah. other things you have to put out. So you have to think about that. It is, you know, I mean, I'm glad that JMS finally, you know, had the integrity to go back and. Finish the twelve. Yeah, you know, after how many years? Yeah. So, it's a good question, and I don't know the answer. You know, I mean, you'd, you'd like. To, I mean, I, I think, I think you'll you'll find a lot more five and six issue miniseries mm-hmm. because then you then people know no matter what happens, we'll finish this series. How do you feel about three issue miniseries? I, I, I think they're all fun. It depends on the story. I don't like them. Why don't you like them? It just seems like that, I mean, even if you're just, you know, the difference between a three and a four issues, it seems like a three-issue miniseries, not enough happens and not enough can happen. Because, you know, when you look at your, your intro, you know, you, you the structure of the story and everything, you know, you got your peak. Yeah. But it, it just, the three-issue mini, most of the three-issue mini, I'm, I, I can't think of a, a three-issue that I really enjoyed, but a lot of them is just, it, I'm, I, I feel like at the end, Nothing really happened, and I, I can it, tell you a fantastic three issue miniseries. Okay, maybe I'm just not thinking. Of it. Blades, the three issues I did of Legends of the Dark Knight, that was spectacular. Oh, and and the Outsider, well, that's, that's the Outsider breaking. How dare you? No, no, no. no. See, I'm talking miniseries, not an arc. A three oh, well, issue. Okay, the Outsider. That was a three issue Flashpoint miniseries. That okay, was, going was going superb. Into, yes, Are you yes, me? yes, it was, and, and <laughs> Comic Vine <laughs> gave it very high reviews. Thank you. For um, that. A lot of those Flashpoint miniseries didn't deliver. You know, there were some good ones, yes, but, uh, you know, some of them, that might be a little tainted because everything was ending, and then, you know, some people were kind of, you know, looking at that, but I just, I, I feel like the three-issue miniseries isn't enough that, you know, you, because you, the first issue, you have to introduce everything, and, you know, you always have to decide, are you going to go straight for the action, or are you going to take the, make the sacrifice where you have to introduce things and slow down on the action? I, I, I completely agree. There is a... Yeah, there is an art to it, and there's a a judgment you have to make in terms of what you choose to focus on. I'm actually doing a three-issue storyline at the moment, which will be in DC Presents. It's not been announced yet, I won't tell you what it is, but in DC Presents. Mm-hmm. And um, that, too, is it's requiring me to be very careful about what I put in the issue and everything else. But I just wrote this, um, 40, it was only 14-page Man of War story. 
And we, did, we, we start the issue off, we start the podcast off, and immediately we're talking just about me, me, me. I'm sorry, That's readers me. who think I'm a douche. <laughs> um, but Walking carpet. But uh, with that, like, I, I think I did a really good story in 14 pages. And, and, and some, sometimes, not, and this will sound arrogant, but it might just be experience. True. That, that you know yeah. what to put in and what to leave out. We, even like the old Marvel Comics Presents, which were like eight pages an issue. And, you know, that, that I think that also structures... What, what, I don't know. What the, you mean. The, the Marvel Comics Presents... The, with, the, the little, with the little... The, there's like, 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 four, like three or four different... It's arcs where uh, Barry issue. Smith did yeah, Weapon yeah, X. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, so you had, I mean, there you basically had like eight-ish, eight-page stories in each issue. Right. And that obviously changes the pacing, you know, because... Absolutely. So, so it, it's just understanding the pacing. If you want a story that has action, complexity, and... And nuance and a good in, and a good lead in introduction. Yeah, three three issues. It's almost impossible. Um, like if you start getting into it, then you know there there's your conclusion. Unless there's going to be a cliffhanger leading into something else. Right, right. And and um, I mean, really, the perfect one if you can do it, I think is five. You don't see those very. It's either. It seems like it's four or six. Well, I think five. I think you might see more five. You used to see them. I tell you when you used to see them. They originally did Legends of the Dark Knight in Arts of Five, mm-hmm. right up until I, I came on, actually. I think I was the, the first three-issue one, um, because at 22 pages, it's 110 pages, and that's the perfect collection amount. Yeah, and that I, you, you really got a feel for that. I, I think it was more Marvel that where a lot of the story arcs seem to be tailored for the, the trade release. And, you know, that makes perfect sense because, you know, they, they, they need to make profits or whatever, you know, to justify everything. But it almost seemed like stories were starting to be tailored. Yeah, absolutely. That. They were like glorified miniseries within their ongoing comic books. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you know, having a one-shot issue you know, every once in a while, you know, standalone, it's, it's great. But when, you know, just it, sometimes it, it felt like they were well, to stretch it. Well, the trick is that, and, and I noticed this. With Bendis' Avengers, where he would do these arcs that were very trade friendly, mm-hmm. but because he was doing that, there was a period, and I, there was a period in, in one of the books. It was it was either the Avengers or Dark Avengers. He did like a few of the few of these Avengers titles at once for one, at one period, where because he, they were using all these artists, it became like musical artists. Where it was like Daniel Arcuna, and then it was. Then it was uh, Brett Brett uh, Blevin. It's not Brett Blevin. So what am I trying to say? Who's the guy I worked with on Justice Society, Justice League? Um, Where's my mind gone? Just recently? Yeah, the guy Bagley. That, Mark Bagley. Yeah. yeah. And then it was Mark Bagley. It was like jarringly jumping from one to the next to the next. Um, whereas if he had been doing single issues and and one off stories that kind of combined into a, a greater story, even but but had a more of a finite sense to each issue. Yeah. Then the the jumping around of up one artist to the next is a little bit more. You can it it, it works better. Mm-hmm. So 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 yes, uh, with today's world week where it's it's sometimes hard to get an artist to give you you know three or four consecutive issues, that kind of uh, working towards the trade thing can often like bite you in the butt artistically if you're not careful. How do you feel about trades not re- like not reprinting in order? Like let's say for whatever reason there is a fill-in issue, and then so like, like let's say issue five is a fill-in, and then sort of trade just has one through four plus six. Well, I think that it depends. Well, it depends. I mean, definitely the best case scenario. I mean, it also it depends how good the fill-in is. I mean, if it's 
if the fill-in is something that is that no one's particularly proud of or was literally, you know, done at the last minute in order to accommodate, um, uh, you know, whichever big big name team that needed that one issue extra extra break, mm-hmm. you know, I guess is if it's a good fill-in, you put it at the end of the end of the book, so you have like one through four issue six, and then do five as a little extra added bonus. I think they did that in. The Sandman trades. I could be wrong, right? I think some, a couple of them would, would be out of order, or some of them would even be in a different volume. Well, that was Starman. That okay, was the Starman yeah. trades, and that was a decision that at the time I made. It was actually my idea, but it was a huge mistake because those the, the, the trade the Starman trade paperbacks didn't sell. I mean, it, it, I, I can't believe how well those omnibuses sell compared with the trade paperbacks. So my idea was that so you got a sense of these stories. You'd have the you'd have like you know a whole arc with with you know t- sins of the f- sins of the father, mm-hmm. sins of the child, and then issue, the the fourth one was times past, and it was going to be the first half of all the time, times past collected. So it was you know it sort of filled in the gaps between, and then the final Starman volume was going to be the last times past, and then DC just said we don't even care, we're not going to do it. So that was my that was actually Starman that was my my idea and it was a bad bad very bad idea actually in hindsight because there are people you know money is tight everywhere and there are people who only have those trade paperbacks mm-hmm. as their source of reading Starman and they've never read those final issues or they've had to buy, tr- track them down as comic books. Yeah, that's, that sucks. I like how the omnibuses have the other issues like thrown in like where where they would fit. You know? well, well, that guy. Well, that was um, Anton. Uh, Anton Kawasaki, who's gone now, he was a he was a, the reprints. He was one of the reprints guys mm-hmm. at DC, and he that was a labor of love for him, and he did a a, a magnificent job. Yeah, that's that's great to to read it and how it should be read. Yes, that, that's what I and I, I what I also liked about all all Starman Omnibus is how at the beginning it actually tells you what issue it is because you know a lot of times you read trades you're not even really clear sometimes you know where yes. one issue ends and the next begins. Yes, and, and you should it, it shouldn't matter. You know, because if, if you're into the story, you should just be able to read through the story. That's that's the purpose of the trade or the collection. But I just, I guess, well, I, I like. I don't know that I agree reading. with. I don't know if I agree with you because yes, you should be able to read it through. But you know, you devour a, a you know, a, a, an, Ed, an Ed McBain crime book. If you've ever read any Ed McBain crime stories, they're really great. But you can read them in like a day, like mm-hmm. in three hours, you can read an Ed McBain crime book. But they still have chapters. Mm-hmm. So, and that those chapters give you a, a pause and a sense of of things changing, and you know they're 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 they're, struck, they're there for a reason. I'm a fan of chapters, and I think that you know the individual comics act that way. Mm-hmm. And so, and and I I I won't say what, but there is a, a trade collection of my work where they eliminated the 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 the, 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 the you know to be continued and all mm-hmm. of that sort of thing. Mm. And I was reading it. I was like, "Boy, some of these, some of these, it's they're really weird the way they transition from one to the next without telling the reader that there's a natural pause." Yeah, in see, this. I don't like that. Yeah. Okay. But enough of me. I just wanted to. We, so somehow that got back to me. Like, in terms of what you're saying about uh, fill-ins, I, I I approve of like a story where it doesn't it, where where in the trade it's it's not interrupted by a fill-in. But at the same time, if it's a good fill-in and if if it's if it has integrity as a single story, it's nice to include it as the so that readers have that run of comic books in, in, on their shelf in one book in one volume. Well, I want to ask you to comment on this, but supposedly the word is that DC has been planning 
fill-ins for different issues, like that they're ready in the can just in case. Well, DC, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think no, no, that, no, no. I think that DC, with the one of the things they were quite vocal about, is that they're sick of book shipping late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there, I know there was a lot of like you need to have these issues done by August. I, I think it was like I, this is a, what I heard. There, there, the first, is, there is definitely first three a, or four there's, there's a schedule that people have to stick to. Yeah. And and you know this everyone has to stick to it. You know you you name the writer, and there are some obvious mm-hmm. writers you think, oh maybe he gets some slack. They don't get slack. So so um, <laughs> so so uh, so. <laughs> y- uh, Sorry for that pause there. <laughs> so, so 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 my point is that uh, we uh, now I've lost my train of thought. Um, oh, so 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 they're in place in order to, you know, make sure that readers are getting their regular book every month, and that it'll be quality. Because if if they're planning ahead, they can say, "Hey, so yeah. and so, you know, your 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 people like you, we're going to have you do this timeless story that doesn't necessarily have to fit right. in, and you know, it should hopefully it'll be relatively in you know continuity or whatever." But I I think that's great rather than. If something does happen last minute, you know, someone gets sick, you know, yeah, they, yeah. they can't, and they got to scramble to get someone else to do it. So I'm okay with that. If, if there's, if, if it means getting a good quality fill in that's going to mean something, that, that makes sense. And DC also has, they have the pressure on because if one book is late, you know, everything right now, since everything started at number one, you know, right now everything's at number four. If one book all of a sudden is at number three and everything else is, you know, Yes. It's going to be noticeable if, if they fall behind. Eventually schedule. it will. I mean, you know, there's already the, the miniseries that came out the following month. Yeah. So eventually. They, 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 eventually don't, more, they don't have books. New 52 splashed all over the cover. Oh, that's true. But, yeah, I mean, I'm unfortunately some books may not survive and they'll be replaced. And mm. I'm assuming, I don't have any official knowledge, but I'm assuming that there are other ones in the wings waiting in case any unfortunate cancellations come with the regular series, but... Well, it's no secret I'm developing Justice Society. So, okay, the, yeah. So, here, here's the next question then. Let's say all 52, and you may not know this, let's say all 52 books are, are successful. They're all going to continue. Then it comes time for your book to, to come in. Do they have to stop calling it the new 52? Or... Because there's no way they're going to keep fifty two. I have onions. no idea. That's a strange question, but in the in the in the way that, but it's also a question like are you asking me like what if what if snowflakes tasted a lollipops? You know, it doesn't really matter because it will never happen. Because there's no way that if you launch fifty two books, they'll all be successful. It just mm-hmm. isn't going to happen. I just wonder, and again, I'm not asking if you have any inside information that is DC because. I don't see them as, as trying to stay to only 52 ongoing series. If they can have 60 successful ongoing series, why wouldn't they? Well, why w- absolutely. Why wouldn't they? But then they can't call it the new 52. I always thought of the new 52. Yeah. No, because here's the thing. I, I always considered that as like the name of this n- new universe. Right. Because you know, things are different. So that's what they're calling it. And, and people are always saying, like, no, that has nothing to do with it. Because the speculation I brought up was when like the Penguin miniseries and the Huntress miniseries came out that they didn't say New 52, and then there's all the stuff that DC was teasing about the Huntress and the ties to Justice Society, Earth 2, and Birds of Prey. So it's like, you know, is Huntress in this universe? Is it in Earth 2? You know, because we didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And I was trying, I was maybe taking a guess that because New 52 isn't on there, 
it's not necessarily in this current universe, but then other people are like, no, that has nothing to do with it, and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I think they're right. And you... No, no, I, I, I mean, I just, and, and, and I'm sure, you know, and it, 52, you know, there's been this whole thing with 52, ever since they did the 52 miniseries, mm-hmm. um, and 52 Worlds and everything else, um, that, that that's sort of DC's magic number. Mm-hmm. But if they if they can have, you know, 152 successful books, obviously yeah. they will. You know, it's, it's who, just, who wouldn't? It's easy to say, like, oh, you know, we're talking about New 52 Batman versus... Batman from last year, you know, it, yes. maybe that's not a good example because they're basically the same character. But having that label, New Fifty Two Batgirl, yeah, okay, you know that, that that that's you know you can distinguish them by just saying New Fifty Two Batgirl. You yes. know what you're talking about. Yes, but yes. once that little nice title goes away, then it gets tricky. Then I guess I you don't feeling, think about the past. I have a feeling it won't go away, even if like say a book is canceled. I think they'll still be headlined as New Fifty Two. Like. Even if there aren't 52 books, at least for a while. Mm. But then I wonder, why are they waiting to announce Justice Society? Or why are they waiting to announce a certain other writer that has a book in the works that hasn't been announced yet? Well, I think it's just that, you know, they, they, they're waiting for the right time. You know, at the moment, it, it was still the new 52. That's what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. They don't want to start, you know, distracting with other, other things. And, you know, Justice Society's not ready yet. It's not ready to go. So... You know, I, they, it was decided at, at Toronto to announce that I was working on this book, but um, in hindsight, maybe that we should have shut up about it a little, for a little bit longer because it's taken a you know a while to get it just where we want it to be. Are you allowed to comment like what stage? Like, no. okay, no, I won't even ask. Like, if, if art has been turned in, no, I can't say. Okay, well, we'll move on then. Speaking of miniseries and and what I was talking about, like the first issue, because okay, I always look at the first issue, you know, because that book, that first issue has to sell the reader. Yes. So it's you have to either do a lot of action to pull them in, or you take the chance and say, okay, we need to develop the characters, we need to set up you know, the story, the origin, which sometimes that can kind of slow down the the, the the pace of the story. Mm-hmm. So with Battle Scars, so this is a six issue miniseries, and you know. Chris Yost, um, Matt Fraction, you know, so you, you got a lot of people working on this. And the f- Marvel is saying this new character, Marcus Johnson, is going to change the Marvel Universe, blah, blah, blah. He's got the secret past. We, we don't know anything. He doesn't know anything about it. You know, he, he's being targeted by terrorists. And all, he doesn't know what's going on. To me, that first issue, I thought it was just okay. I mean, there, I, it didn't, like, really pull me in. It was only because of the creators involved and because of the possibility that this could be a big thing, I'll say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, see what's going to happen. The second issue, the same thing. I'm waiting for something to happen, but it's not really happening. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a, a payoff. You know, if, if mm. it's not like you know, publishers going to make like an empty promise, which you know, yeah, sometimes it happens. But I just, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that because you know, reading that second issue, there, there's some cool elements, but. If it wasn't for the creators involved, I, I probably wouldn't care. So you don't care about the character right now? I, I don't, because we don't know anything, but he doesn't know anything about it. And I just, I think that's a big risk. You know, yeah, I'm I'm willing to give it a chance, but I would imagine that there's, you know, it, when we're talking about series not possibly reaching their end, I think that's a big risk when they're they're saying this character's going to be huge, but you well, just got to wait. That, that unfortunately is on the quality of the the writer and the art. I mean... The right writer and the right artist, um, 
could have made that first issue great no matter what. And I could be wrong. And I don't know, you know, that that's to your about your taste and everything else. I I I'm not aware that people people are talking about this book in any with any sort of huge excitement like they like the next book we're going to talk mm-hmm. about is the X-Force the combination of the of the angel story people are genuinely interested in that so it could just be a misfire yeah cuz i mean there there's a big tease that the very first cover they they had the character in a silhouette now all the the solicited information is they wouldn't tell us anything about who this character is or something big was going to happen we find out and i don't know and you know maybe it's a, I, I'm I would assume it's an editorial decision how do you, handling do you it? think sometimes um, the like the journey to get to get there is interesting or would you rather know um, from from the get go like the backstory and just I like the journey but so the the journey I mean when I uh, was growing up of course you know comics were different because. You didn't get solicitation and you didn't get all the advanced warning where you could kind of... I mean, one of the problems, I think, nowadays with being... One of, one of the oh, problems are probably too strong a word, but the challenges of being a creator in comics is that no matter what you tell people, they get on, on, on forums and there's a rush to judgment mm-hmm. and they'll decide a book is crap before they've read it. Mm-hmm. So the idea of front-loading your series in order to grab them and make them make you know immediately make sure that if they've said things they they go oh we we you know we 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 were wrong you know this isn't what we expected whereas if it's more of a slow reveal if there's nothing shocking at the start you can you know readers can just continue um feeling negative about it you know and and, and I really think in the last i don't know 15 years it's really gotten it, it's you know changed everything. Yeah, and there, there's also the fact that like retailers, they need to know you know if, if that something is going to happen so they can order you know more copies or if if, if this issue sounds like they're just going to hang out at the park, then they well, might not. Well, that's a weird thing. I mean, the one thing that was striking me about when you were talking, I was never a fan of the Valiant comics. You know, Jim Shooter when he mm-hmm. did, uh, but there was one comic wasn't there Harbingers? I think it was mm-hmm. that. Had a, a big. It was a big part of the Valiant universe, but he didn't reveal how that was how how it was a big part of the Valiant universe. And as a result, those books later became very collectible because people hadn't had underordered them, and there, there weren't a lot of them around. And that that I know upset some retailers. Like what sometimes what you so like if like uh, I think like I think there's a Spider Man thing or you know something big's going to happen. Obviously, publishers can't reveal it. So then what they do, like using the death of Spider-Man as an example, they'll put it out, you know, USA Today, they'll make some big news announcement, mm-hmm. but then retailers weren't prepared for this. Right. So they only ordered their normal number, you know, the, the, the numbers for their regular customers and maybe a few extra. So then they're going to get all these people that read or see a news broadcast or whatever and come in off the street, which is mm-hmm. great for the store, but then they're going to say, hey, I want this issue, and then they got to say, sorry, I don't have it. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to say, you suck, and then they're going to leave. So the smart thing to do would be to have faith in your own idea and and drastically overprint the book. It's just hard to say. They could overprint it. And then they're but, stuck with a load of but, comics. Yeah, but stores may not order it unless they say, okay, now you can do reorders. I know, but what I'm saying is, yeah, the reorders. Yeah, I guess there's there's that, that risk. But no, but now what they do, then they just go to second printings. Right. And then they can make a big deal. This issue sold out, so now we're going to do second printings. And right. then there's still... 
that that doesn't help the the comic stores out because the people still came in. They're not going to come back, right? right. And, you know, comic stores yeah. say, "Oh, I can order get it to you." You know, two three weeks from now. Yeah. So nobody wants it. I don't. Know. I mean, and, and the thing is, I so I'm sure but some they used to be you used to be able to do advance reorders where you could reorder. You know, from what the public, what 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 the what the wholesaler had before the actual comic came out. Yeah, I don't know. And they, they don't do that now? I, I, I'm not really sure. Hmm. But it's a, I mean, it, it's a tricky situation, and I'm glad I don't have to worry about that. Me too. Well, one of the things that I... I the reason I asked that question um, is not just because you guys were talking about that, but what it's... Qu- I forget what question you asked. That was so long ago. What did you say? Oh, well, I, I asked whether... The journey or to, yeah, the to journey, find out right yeah, away. Yeah, the whole journey. Oh, yeah, question. yeah, yeah. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, I, I pay attention. I think it, I, I, my my. Let opinion, me ask my question. <laughs> I, I think it depends on on what it is too. I think there's an advantage to both. Okay. What do you um, feel about Sarah? We 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 well, we, no, we I, already I was, talked I was, about your feelings. I, I was, I was going to go into uh, Avengers Academy um, okay. and how X twenty three was introduced in in the beginning of the issue, and she basically gives like her whole backstory, and it was really weird. Like I, I didn't like it at all. Because you, know? you, you knew, and you're like, okay, this is pointless. Let's get more story, more action, or that, and the fact that she doesn't talk, right? So I spent like all this time reading Marjorie Lou's X23 in her uh, own ongoing book, which you were very fond of, weren't you? I did, I did like it very much. You still um, do. I still like it very much, at least until February <laughs> when it, oh, right. when it gets canceled. Um, but uh. I've, I'm used to, you know, Marjorie telling the story using other characters and not explicitly saying, you know, what Laura is feeling and thinking. And then I turn to the second page and she's going on for like, I don't know how many panels. She's talking so much. I'm like, what the heck is this? Uh. And then she's she's telling, she's explaining like the the bloodlust and the triggers and it was weird to me my problem with this and crystal Gage is a, is a nice guy she's <laughs> she's sitting in a tree reading a book that's not laura i, mean, I don't know maybe and i, I love crystal Gage too well it's a it's a it's a problem sometimes that a right you know no matter how good a writer is and you're taking someone else's character yeah. in a sense yeah like if i was given I mean, I think I'm a pretty good writer. If I was given Firestorm, I wouldn't know how to write that character. Or if, if probably... someone else wrote The Shade, it, yeah. it wouldn't it'd yeah. be like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. So so the the thing about that character is I have dipped into it. I haven't. I confess I haven't read the series consistently, but there's definitely a very singular voice. Mm-hmm. right? And as, as Sarah was saying, uh, Marjorie Lou. Marjorie Lou, um, who... Uh, has obviously put a real stamp on that character and how the mm-hmm. character is. And it's just unfortunate sometimes where, you know, they want to find a home for that character. And it's that's a pretty good home for the character, if you think about it. If, it's not, if you're not going to have her own book, at least she's in an Avengers title. Yeah, yeah it, it but, is good to separate her from but, the but, X-Men. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, she, f- f- re- realize, you know and, and someone has said, we bring this character into the book, we need to bring people up to speed on who she is. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, that's not done as well as it could be. It's, it's just like the Chris Claremont days when, when every time Psylocke would use her psychic blade, she would always say, this is the focus of my telekinesis. Right. It's like she would say it every single time. It's like, shut up. I, we know how you're right, powerful. Right, yeah. And so I, I think, you know, you just have to kind of overlook that and say, okay, 
this is potentially someone's first issue and just ignore it. Having said that, I think that there are better ways to write a character to um, explain what their powers are. Well, the way to have done it with her, and it, hindsight's twenty twenty, you know, so here am I blabbing. But but if she doesn't talk, if she's if she's keeps to herself in terms of her, it's to it's to have someone that does know her powers telling the other the rest of the team, like, don't oh, be freaked by out way. by this silent yeah. little girl with with claws, mm-hmm. and this is why, and boom, 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 boom. So there's sort of an, an ongoing narrative while you see her silently doing what she does. Uh, but like I say, it's easy for me to say that sitting here in a chair with a cup of coffee. I also like um, Matt Fraction did a lot in Uncanny X-Men, and also it, it, I think it was in um, Legion of Superhero books. I like the little boxes the, where it says, this is a person's name, this is their powers, and then Matt Fraction always do like some funny, way, you know, funny yeah, thing. Like that. Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of people didn't like that. And and yeah, when you're reading, you know, Matt Fraction's tenth issue or whatever, and he's still doing it, so what? You know, if if you have a problem with it, don't read that little box. But I think it's great, especially when there's certain artists on the book and you can't tell one character from the other. It's good to know who each character is, and I, I just think it's great because every every issue is 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 potentially someone's first issue. Yes, what, what, I, right. what I really like what Marvel did in the old days when they had the gateful covers and then they would have they would tell you kind of kind of like kind of the first page of Avengers yeah, Academy, yeah. they'd tell you all the characters names and then what they would also do is give you a recap you know here's what happened oh the, I the, do like, remember those that was good wasn't it yeah. but I guess it wasn't cost effective after a while you know to print out that yeah, extra yeah. cover but I think that's great because again every issue you know if someone picks up Avengers Academy for the first time what what's this about you know what's going on and, I know and, and and stories you know we like our complicated storylines but for a first time reader it can be you know complicated in the old days it was so simple mm-hmm. you know uh, wasn't it Christos Gage who created uh, Laura no 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 um, yeah. it was um, Craig Kyle it wasn't the two of them well, uh, no Craig Kyle gets a credit but then Craig Kyle and Chris Yost oh, Chris Yost um did the miniseries or anything right. like that. But Chris told me that, no, it was Craig. Uh-huh. But they, Dave did those miniseries, which were, were, yeah. were great. Yeah, they're great. Mike, Mike Choi. So it's not, it's not like, I, I don't think that Christos Cage doesn't know how to write X-23. I just thought that it was, he went about it in a really weird way. And, and it and, felt and, out of character. Yeah, and like James said, he had to introduce her. Yeah. But, well, I mean, the test will be how he, how he handled it, you know, because it sometimes takes a little bit of time to get a hand mm-hmm. on a character. How he, how he writes her in six months. Yeah. Now, finally, we we skip this for Avengers Academy. Uncanny X Force: The Dark Angel Saga conclusion. So, no offense to you, James. Oh, no, no spoilers. But this was my favorite book. Okay, well that's fine. You said you read this, or you didn't? I did read it. Yes. I am so upset, and the end is so sad. It's very sad, and I I don't want to spoil it because I know I spoiled Arkham City for some people. Uh, so it's up to you what you reveal, but I agree. Uh, it was incredibly sad. It was be- be- really well written, beautifully drawn. It was a lovely comic. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Um, there's one thing that I want to say, but I don't know if I should say it. So does that mean I should just not say it? You just wait. I mean, if, if you think it's going to spoil, I mean, spoil... I, I put it in my review. Um, yeah, but so some people look for that or they can overlook it. I I would say I'll be I'll be very uh, elusive. Uh, okay, um, and, you, and you can come back like when the next issue comes out, then you can say, yeah. "Hey, by the way, yeah, that's a, whatever." Um, it I think does. That, it I does. Think she, I, he said the next issue does kind of feed off this, so it's not. Yeah. A, so, so nineteen point one will also lead into. It'll feed off of this, but then it'll also introduce Age of Apocalypse, uh, ongoing. Um. Actually, oh, now that it, I totally remember that point one issue. Yeah. 
they there was a Age of Apocalypse story which was really weird. Yeah. And doesn't it's not like Age of Apocalypse. Is that, it is that it you like think. is it like the humans are the good guys? Because uh, that's what's if, happening. If it's the one it's where it's like you know, a kind of a future story or something like that. It's yeah. really weird. And then yeah, we got to dig that issue out and look at that again. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know how I felt about that. The, the best thing about this is the compassion that Psylocke demonstrates. Yes. Um, I'm a big Psylocke fan. I've always liked her character. Yes. So that, to me, was like that, that moment where she shows that compassion was the most, the most beautiful to me. That's it. That's all I want to say. I think, and hopefully they will, uh, collect this in one giant trade. Because I know they, they've already released the first half. Uh, like and reprint it. They'll I'd, do I'd like... a, I'm sure they'll do a, a master edition, one of those thick, those three thirty two dollar bigger, yeah, collections. You know. Yeah. The weird thing is, um, I when when I buy hardcovers, I tend to buy DC hardcovers, and not okay. not Marvel ones. I don't know why that is. I mean, I I, I love the Marvel comics, but it seems like I I tend to. I mean, I ha- I have some Marvel hardcovers, like like Children's Crusade. I'm definitely gonna get that, mm-hmm. even though it's not over yet. But it, yeah. it's just weird. I, I I've noticed that a lot of my my trades are or my I just, hardcovers. I are... just picked up the Moon Knight hardcover this week, which because I, I, the one thing that does happen for me anyway, I'm less of a ardent going to the comic store every Wednesday guy. I guess I do that, but for some reason I miss like issue two and three, and then mm-hmm. it's like like I, we talked about a journey journey into mystery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I miss the start of that, so I would love to buy it every month, but I, I'm waiting now for the collection to come out. Yeah. Batman and Robin number four. This was so good. I haven't read it, but I do love Bob Tomasi. I, do, I love Peter Tomasi's writing. I've known him for well, he edited the end of Starman, so uh, when Archie Goodwin died, so I've known him for a long, long time, and he's a fantastic writer. It, I, it's seriously, it's getting better and better. Each issue is better than. Yeah. I mean, the first issue, I, I think we all liked the first issue. Mm-hmm. I wasn't blown away, but it, I mean, it's getting better and better. There are spoilers, so we won't say anything about um, nobody. This this new character. Yeah. Um, his because we saw a uh, second issue where he had a past. He he knew Bruce. The Batman was Bruce, so they have some some past secret, and and he's trying to manipulate Damien, and we we see Damien Damien getting angry. You know, him and Bruce are having problems, and I think there's something bad's gonna happen with yeah. Damien. Or I don't I don't I don't think I should, I'm not gonna say anything more. I don't think anything. I don't no, think no, Damien's not going to die or anything, but I just no. I think there. I think the, there's the going to be a big gonna, change. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think. But it's we're going to have the di- well, this dynamic. Well, build. I know Grant Morrison has plans for 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 thi- well. I mean, he made it, he's in interviews. I'm not revealing. I'm not spoiling anything. He said that he has plans for Batman and Damien when he comes back to all of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if this will feed into that, or if it's going to be just a separate arc. Say, or if, or if you know, they're the, definitely the Batman trying to team tell is, us that. The Batman team is working together to make all the books have some cohesion. I uh, hear that they are. Uh, I don't. I don't see a lot of continuity between Batman and Robin, Batman, Dark Knight, and um, Detective. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like they're all separate. Mm-hmm. What What I wrote about earlier this week, I would like to see one of the comics. And I use Detective Comics as an example, just because of the, the history, and that was Batman's first appearance. I would like to see one of the books be kind of like action comics. Like, go back to Batman's earlier days. That would be cool. Because even though a lot of Batman's... Batman has relatively remained untouched in, since the, the New 52, all that stuff. The New 52 universe, as I call it. There's, there's still changes, like ripple effects. Like, 
how did Batman and Superman first meet? Is it still the same way? You know, and we're we're seeing slight variations. So I'd like to see how Action Comics is is visiting Superman's early days, and we're seeing changes like you know Steel's origins differ, and Metallo's. Or, you know, I I would like to see one of the books go back into that. That's that's a really good idea because I don't think we need as much. I mean, I love Batman like everyone else does. I don't think we need have a million Batman titles and. The fact that each one has its own separate feel, I like that. I don't necessarily need the big crossovers unless there's a good reason for it. I like being able to read Batman and Robin separately. I like being able to read Batman separately. So mm-hmm. when you start to have too many, then you got to have that sense of disbelief. Where one, I, how, I, how is Batman doing I, all this I, I in one month? I completely agree with you on, it, on everything, except that when you're a publisher, the risk is that if the book does, isn't, doesn't feel like it's in the current continuity... Readers, you know, there's, there's a lot of comics and there's not that much money in the world. They're looking for a reason not to buy a book. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's how I felt about Batman Confidential. I didn't care about those stories because it felt like those stories didn't matter. I didn't give them a chance. And there could have been some really great stories written. I, I think I stopped, like, in the 20s or the 30s. But because those were supposed to be, like, lost stories of Batman, if something happened, there was never going to be an effect, you know, in, in, the, in the current continuity. But since the Batman creative team are supposedly working together so well, whoever's writing that book could say, hey, I'm going to write about how this, this story with the Penguin and Batman in the early days. And then the next writer can say, okay, I'm going to tie it with the Penguin and the writer in the present day. Yeah, you I'm, sure, do that. I'm sure you're doing that between action and Superman. We're seeing a couple little things like where super where you know Clark Kent lived his apartment building in action comics and then in Superman number 1 it's it's demolished the building's demolished and so there's that little little connection between the two mm-hmm. i think they could totally do that and what would make it different than batman confidential even like superman batman cuz that veered off into like lost yeah. tales yeah, yeah. is just ha- have the stories actually matter so there is some continuity well with that as the caveat i think it's a great idea so and hopefully someone at dc is listening to you no i i told Certain people, had, yeah, and, and they didn't comment or anything. But I, I, I just, I, I don't think we. I don't need think it. it's necessary to have three. Because when, when, when you have so many, it's it's like everyone complains. How does Wolverine do everything? And you know, they even joked about it in issue seventy two, whatever the last series. You know, how can Batman be fighting Two Face and be fighting the Court of right, Owls? Right, you know, because right, right. then you have to say, okay, I'm just going to overlook it because I'm getting a good story. But I, I would rather have it limited and more focused on the good stories and then have the other one fill yeah. a different need. It would be cool to have a Detective Comics tell, tell that story. Because the other thing is... Especially since it's like his first yeah, appearance yeah. is there and so just, it just, would make do, sense. just do that. And, the and thing, also that book is bad right now. When, when Tony Daniel did an interview with USA Today before Detective came out, I guess US, whoever interviewed him messed up and said that that was taking place in the past like kind of like Justice League but then I guess it's so when I read the first issue I assumed it was taking place five years ago and I thought oh it's kind of weird he's got advanced you know gear and all that stuff already but then he's like no that that was you know misinformation it is current so I, it's just it, mm. it seems kind of weird but like I want to know it's it's we you know that the whole everyone says that the five years was a mistake to put that that firm label but we know Batman was Batman before Justice League number one but when was Dick Grayson Batman? You know, how much of that is still, you know, what has changed and what hasn't? Yes. Because, you know, obviously, if you're looking at five years, you couldn't have had Dick, Jason, and Tim, and that, you know, that that's no. a short period. So I think they're saying there's a, bat, there's a Robin every year. So, I mean, that, that just seems that's a lot. Be, because then if you look at all the different stories, like all the Dick Grayson Robin stories, 
that try to cram all that in a year, and then Teen Titans and Nightwing and. Well, Teen Titans, is, did that even happen now? I don't know. And I, I well, don't there, know there's, the there's some mention, yeah. you know. Of, that would be sad, you know. I mean, Dick's Dick's relationship with Starfire, did that happen? It did. Well, there, there is some allusion to it, and but, she didn't want to talk. And, and, you know, Scott Lobdell has gone back, and the, the whole controversy with Starfire didn't remember everything. But then it's like, yeah. no, she does have memory of her past. She was just... She just blocks it out. Or she was, like, you know, claiming She's she didn't remember. She's a mental case. Um, <laughs> but... Like Dick Grayson, his whole Robin tenure could have happened before Justice League number one happened. So maybe yeah. I'll let. You know. So I would like to see the early days, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. But then what they're probably going to do is they'll, they'll make a fifth series and do that rather than give up one of the current ones. And, you know, I don't know. Well, that that could work, but, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, don't, don't try to push too much on the comment market, which is already shaky as it is. Yeah, yeah. Batwoman, number four. This is great. Um, it's a it's a beautiful issue. The thing that I they find all they all are, but the thing that I find really striking is the way that um, G. H. Williams tells the story <clears throat> with the colors. So any any scene or, or any character that is upbeat or happy yeah. in that moment is is very vibrant. So and and you can see the contrast between um, the scene where Kate and Detective whatever her name is are in bed, and then uh, Flamebird is you know. Is not doing so well. That was a little, yeah. di- <clears throat> a little disturbing. Um, the Wait, whole like, okay, so there's this weird parallel. I mean, I, I felt like this book was a little bit graphic, and even the T plus rating was. Yeah, both. Things. I mean, it yeah. was a little. It was a. T I think plus. it was more than T plus. Honestly, I, I feel like the. I feel like the context is it's it's pretty. Uh, there's some sexual nature to it. It's, some. It's, it's, well, it's, like, it's not gratuitous. That, well, I think that it's more graphic what appears in, in here than, like, having, having a, like, a picture of Starfire, like, coming out of uh, the shower. How do you compare it to uh, Batman Catwoman? This was more graphic to me than Batman Catwoman. I think, I don't I think know because, because well, this is there's, like there's clearly oral sex happening here. Yeah, whereas like Batman and Catwoman had all their clothes on. It's there's. What the, the thing, and this is probably in a way good storytelling, is they're leaving so much to the imagination that in your mind you make, especially you with that mind of that dirty mind of yours, Sarah, making it into this. Look, clarify who you're looking at, <laughs> Sarah. There's, there's, uh, you're imagining something far more fantastically sapphic than is probably the, there on the, the page. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so for you know. personally, it was it was more graphic than two people with their clothes on dry humping each other, which is sort of what. What happened Batman in Batman and Catwoman. and Catwoman. But at least if you look at it literally, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is... And I'm not saying that that's bad or oh, anything. Oh, wow. She goes to... Oh. Yeah. 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 She goes to town. You see what I'm talking about now. So, but the there, it's, an, it's a very interesting parallel that, that appears on in the within the first couple of pages in this issue. So while Flamebird is, like, getting the crap beat out of her, Kate's having sex. Yes. And that's that's a very, like... Weird dynamic. This issue is brilliant, though. Like it's it's beautiful. The story is is great. Um, more and more, like the uh, that agent Price, I think her name is Chase from Chase. Uh, from the series he used to do. Yeah, Agent Chase. She's so cool, mm. you know. And and she's you begin to realize that she's really a force to be reckoned with. And I think that it's great that uh, Blackwell and and J.H. Uh, Williams aren't forgetting the fact that Batwoman is also a detective. Right. And um, 
you know, like as you read the story, you, you're sort of solving the crime along with her. I, I, I will say cool. one thing of, of criticism. This isn't criticism with this issue. It's criticism with past issues of Batwoman. Not necessarily this series, but the one he did with Greg Rucker, with mm-hmm. that Alice character. Mm-hmm. He, at the time, was it so into experimenting with layouts and create an interesting symmetry layouts and whatnot, mm-hmm. I sometimes felt it got in the way of the storytelling. I would have sometimes have trouble mm-hmm. following it panel by panel. But this, he's still doing beautiful, interesting layouts, but it's so, it, you can you can read it very clearly and, and, and easily. It's a little bit more organized. And yeah. what, what's interesting about that, because of all the two-page spreads, when you, you, you feel like you get to the end early, mm-hmm. and then you have like 20 pages of ads at the end, because they couldn't fit them in. Oh, yeah, I'm, I mean, that is, I'm yes. exaggerating, but... I, I mean, I, I prefer it that way. I'm sure that the advertisers yeah. don't well, like they're that all, at they're all. all. They're all house ads, which is a whole other story. But no, there's one. There's a guy, a, a skater with milk on his and the, the back cover. <laughs> but the rest are like yeah, they new are. fifty two, new fifty two, fifty fifty. So bro- bravo to to G uh, H Williams and Mister Blackman. Yeah. All right, Green Lantern number yeah. four, which I, I I have read that actually. You have not. I have read it. Yes, I'm. I'm loving it. I and going similar to like the Batman that feels. I love that this is separate from all the Green Lantern, other Green Lantern books. Yes, and that we're, we. I. It's brilliant having Sinestro as a Green Lantern and him and Hal having to work together and try to work together. I feel like we're discovering more about Sinestro. Well, these things come in waves, and I think personally, I I've seen enough big Green Lantern crossover events for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you do those, when, when you know, I, I've been involved in those sort of things before, and the actual book itself becomes compromised and it becomes more of a mosaic. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel that Green Lantern's become that was coming that a little bit. Yeah, there's... and this is this is a, a nice, clean, simple story that's easy to understand. And it's fun to read. Yeah, I, I love it, and I love Doug Mankey's art. I, yeah. I think, I mean, he's 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 one of the artists. Someone else did it this week too, where like just through the eyes. You can just really see like the motion, the expression, like what the characters, and it's just the way he draws Sinestro, always you know squinting or whatever, and I, I think it, it's, it speaks a lot. Mm. And we get a, some information about Hal too. We learn a little something. So the only thing is, I kind of want the story to end. It, I think the whole Korgar Sinestro core thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, but I, I am loving it. I just I'm curious where it's going to go next. Avengers Extinction. Which I did read. Number one of four. Yeah. So we find out about Cable. Uh, he supposedly he died, but he's back somehow. Although that's it's not that the how of it has not been revealed yet. Um, sort of. I don't think so. Okay. I had two theories back when when they first announced it. One theory I, I said is we never saw what happened on the other side of the portal. Right. We just saw like a big explosion. His arm was there. So I was like, well, maybe he's still okay on the other side. My other theory was maybe that the cable that comes back is going to be a cable from a younger, you know, earlier time in his time period. So maybe it could be, you know, a cable in his 30s or whatever coming back, which I think would be really cool. And obviously they didn't do that because you see it's old cable on the cover. Yeah. So um, I... I'm I'm okay with with how he comes back. Well, I'll just say okay. that because you know a lot of people are, are complaining. You know, comic book deaths. You know, they they happen and the characters come back right away. And you know, he was supposed to make this big sacrifice to save hope and you know second coming and all that stuff. But I think it makes sense what happens, and there's still 
it's, there's still repercussions that could follow that based on what happened here. Well, hopefully he'll clarify the whole Cable Hope thing because with that Generation Hope series where Nightcrawler died and everything else, mm -hmm. her importance, I kept reading, she's so important, you know, she's so important, she's so important. But how she was important, I never quite got. Well, she, she, she was able to detect the five lights, you know, the, the, whatever these new mutants. And uh, we still don't know what exactly, you know, is she really the Messiah? Why did Bishop... Feel, that feels well, like they sort of lost the balls. They... I, I, I didn't really care about five lights so much. Now that, um, what is it? Um, I forgot who's, who's writing it. Asmus is now and, well, But now it seems like she's just a, another X-man. And that's sort of it, you know? But, I mean, this issue leads you to believe that something... That so, so we still don't know what, what her importance so, is. So hopefully they'll pick up again and, and, and make it clearer. Yeah, and maybe that's what the, the lead in Avengers vs. X-Men will tell us. Mm. I wasn't really impressed with that. I thought it was fine. It was okay. It wasn't great. Is this going to lead into the X-Men Avengers yeah. war? It will? Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, so okay. there's going to be something with that. And the only thing I, I noted is the, the promo ad that we got for that. Mm -hmm. Cable is not in that ad. Avengers versus X Men. Oh man! But they that bring could them back be they're just smart. to kill them off that again. That could just be that they're smart, you know, because they don't want people to. They want people to to be talking like you are now maybe. about it. Maybe. Or maybe he's dead again. Maybe he's dead again. Will die. Magneto not a hero number two. Awesome. I didn't yeah. even see. I didn't know that series existed. Which, um, which really? people which, which people say about the shade? So I'm sure it's Scotty Young it feels. And, it good? and Clay Man. Scotty Young's writing good. it, and Clay Man's doing the art. It's it's definitely either track down the issues. Oh or, wow. Or get the trade. So um, someone's back. And this is a four-issue miniseries. And this is a good example of like moving the story at a really mm -hmm. great pace. At the end of the last issue, we got you know, the appearance of this character. And then in the first, in this issue, issue two of four, um, it's explained how he returned and what his purpose is. Um, so it's cool. It's, mm -hmm. it's definitely yeah, a great story. Yeah, yeah. Nice art, yeah. Yeah, a bit sick of it, she, yeah. yeah, it's very like I really like the amount of time that the artist spent on the background too, because it really pulls you into the story. And I, I don't know, I just thought that was really pretty. So yeah, pretty cool. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if Magneto's, uh, you know, methods. Change. Hang on, I'm, I'm already confused. Well, I guess I'll read it. You gotta read the first issue. Yeah. So there's there's two Magnetos. I can't say. Right. <laughs> You'll find out. All right. All right, we got to we got to go through these. We got so many comics. Batgirl number four. This was the best issue so far. It's a, a it's very first page. So there's finally we're talking you know, about yeah. that With elephant her, her, in the room. Yeah, and and there's there's another little update about yeah. that because we still don't know how and why or when. But um, it's it's implied or it they sort of go into it a little it, bit. I think enough is said. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they could tell us, or Gail could tell us more, but I think that that was enough. Um, the this what's his name, the mirror. Yeah, dude. I still don't see how he sees out of that mirror mask, but that's another it's issue entirely. Kryptonian armor, probably. I guess. Could, then why did it shatter Tony? Because um, she's really strong. Oh, she can okay. get slammed oh. into taxi cabs. Taxi cabs. I knew you were going to say that. Um, but then at the end, dun dun. Yeah, the end shows is, a, up is really it's crazy. Like, uh, what's but it's you, James like, you're spoiling yourself. The fight that she has uh, with the mirror is great too. Yeah. Um, because you know that she's weak, so she she does use um, 
She uses her her, her brain. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's, and, and, and she's she's like, I don't know if I should have done this, but hey, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Batman would probably. Oh, he'd be okay with, with it. it. Maybe. I mean, it was a little crazy. Yeah, it's like a crazy lady. Yeah. The Ray, Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin mm-hmm. Gray, Jamal Eigel. Mm-hmm. So, you I liked it, surprisingly too? liked it. Um, okay, it, it's not. I was hoping it was the the the. The, the, the last one, the son of uh, the original Golden Age. Yeah, the one from '94. Yeah, um, it's not. It's it's completely, totally new character. So this is one of those. Um, so here here's the surprise because what I mentioned like the first issues, like when you do the origin, it's like I don't want to read this whole origin story or anything. That's what this is. But there's something about it where it actually works. Because well, you know they this is a new character, so we yeah. do find out exactly how he gets his powers and stuff like that. So. I don't know what it was about it, and and I just I kind of enjoyed it. I haven't read it yet, but I'll check it out. I'm always curious. Like there were certain books, like like the Ray. I don't think anyone was going. I want a new Ray comic, you know. Mm -hmm. So the decision was made to 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 do a new Ray comic, and it's nice to hear that it's a a good book and um, something I can look forward to. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised that they went with new character, and it it worked. Deathstroke number four. So if you've been reading this, there's been the mystery of what's in the briefcase. You know, something's going on, and we find out here, and it's right. pretty interesting. Okay. Things are going to happen. Lots of violence, always. Yeah, it's a very, very violent book. Well, yeah. what's, what's the rating in that book? T+. Plus? T plus. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think um, Kyle Higgins just has a blast just going over the top with that. Ultimate Comics X-Men number four. Such a good book. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm kind of... Okay with this, I, I I think it's the whole striker story. I don't really care so much. Uh, how about Black Panther five twenty six? This was uh, pretty good. It's interesting that the whole series, like since he's taken over Daredevil, he's been like, no, I got to do this on my own. And he even got pissed off when Storm showed up and tried to help mm-hmm. him out. Remember? Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of this issue, we find out that uh, Falcon and Luke Cage are going to help him with in the next Few couple issues. of issues. Until yeah, until the end. Yeah. And um, he did turn the Avengers down in Avengers 19. 19 yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if he does decide to join. How is How are you guys finding his him becoming this urban character for I quite like, an extended like period it. of time? <laughs> I like it. Where, what is, he, does what he, is the, he doing? Does he visit the embassy? And does, uh, no. The, he's, he's taking a break, I think, from Wakanda. Oh, that's cool. I'm just a king, you know. I'm just going. So who's ruling step it? Step out with all their with all their scientific. His little his little sister, Shuri, who was the Black Panther and was still learning how to be Black Panther. So she's Panther. the. So there's two Black Panthers now. There's like an African one doing African stuff, and it's yeah. her, and then there's him. But there's no uh, current storyline with her in it. The last we saw of that was like at the end of. How old is she? 2010. I don't know. Yeah. Like a teenager. No, like early 20s. So they're not going to put in Avengers Academy. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Grifter number four. So we have Grifter and Green Arrow. Yeah. Um, I like. I, I I like Grifter. Um, this issue was okay, but because last issue we found out, you know, Grifter is trying to get all these Daemonites that are you know targeting. He can hear them, and obviously they're trying to incorporate the Daemonite mythology or in, or reintroduce it or introduce it into the DC universe. How are you finding the job they're doing? Are you enjoying it, or are you? It's, it's it's interesting that you know. So we have Grifter, and we have Voodoo. You know, two yeah. you know Wild Wildcats characters, and it's 
I think it's it's I think it's working for the most part. But that that's something again you need to think about. Well, what about like Green Lantern and Batman, who basically are the same characters as before? What did they never experience? You know, you, and and what do you think? Of, what just as a sidebar, but he's in the comic. How are you finding the 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 because it's one of the more radical changes in terms I have green, of green green arrow? Yeah. Uh, I, I I no I I you know love J T Crow, um, I the last issue was I think Keith Keith Giffen Keith Giffen yeah I I don't I don't like this Ollie I don't I don't like that he's younger he he's he's just I don't know he seems kind of annoying you know he's last he, he's sitting in the office you know he's got his shirt untucked his feet up he's a slacker guy he's supposed to be running a business and the idea of like Q Core I think is kind of interesting that you know he's has a like a tech team making gadgets so it's not I think I said this last time so it's not just arrows with boxing gloves on there you know so but it just it doesn't feel right and what's what's interesting is if he's so young he's he's almost the same age as roy now so it's like you got that what's their past that's something else i want to know what is their their past and the, the last issue of um red hood and the outlaws there was a, a slight mention that yeah there was sort of a flashback issue, how roy was basically you know, there was some falling out between him and, and Green Green Arrow, which we don't know. But it's, it's just weird. It's like they're more like brothers now instead of father yeah, and son. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. It is interesting that, you know, the things that are no longer in continuity and like all that, all those Neil Adams, Batman, uh, all those Neil Adams, Green, Green Lantern, mm-hmm. Green Arrows, that's, they're done now. Which bothers me. I mean, I know they're, they're, they're still there. It's just like, you know, you, you got the Golden Age comics are still there. The Silver, you know. But it, that does bother me a little bit, and maybe it's not that big deal in the grand scheme or moving forward. But well, it's interesting. I mean, it it, it, it either will or it won't be because in three years, you, no one will be there'll be so there'll be enough continuity mm-hmm. in the present that no one will care. Yeah. Or it will be this thing that is always a problem. It yeah. never quite fixes itself. It's like New Krypton. What happened? Right. That never, I, it never happened. Though. It never happened. If right? Supergirl just arrived. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I'm assuming that none of that happened. Yeah. Which, again, I've said this uh, probably like 10 times now since September. I still think they should have had Supergirl arrive like a year ago or something like that, and, and rather than like in present day. So that way, New Krypton could have happened. You know, they don't have to say it. They could just not even mention it ever again, but, but just this is the leave thing it is, vague. New Krypton is not not considered a successful series. No. It, was fin- it was finished prematurely. Or not in the way it was meant to be mm-hmm. meant to be finished because it was not considered a successful series. Sales were going down because no one wanted to see Monal in the Superman book and that sort of thing. So the fact that you like it and are so, so partisan touches my heart in a way you wouldn't believe. But I think for most people, they're like, we don't care. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. I I start. I mean, I you know, I, honestly, when when all the Kryptonians came to Earth, you know, going back before that, New Krypton, all that, I. I it felt a little weird that you know now Superman's not the last son yeah, of Krypton yeah. anymore, but it was an interesting idea, and and even it's it, it was all resolved. You know, all the Kryptonians were killed or died, yeah. and so that that's fine. You know, you can go back to status quo, but I don't think it's necessary just to erase it or shove it under the carpet. I, I don't. I don't well, like that. Been, and, it, and also, I mean, like Jeff Loeb's uh, Supergirl mini, uh, Batman yeah. Superman, that's that's done too, right? Yeah, I. I that that bothers me, and mm. whatever I should just let it go. But well, it is interesting the things like, it, like the fact that there's no Donna Troy or the fact that there's no Wally West. They're tiny little things that, if you actually scratch at the fact that they don't exist, well, they they could exist. I don't know. I I think the whole Wally West thing. I I think the reason for that is 
The reason we're not seeing him is because they don't want to have two. They want to focus on Barry Allen. Right. You know, you're saying, okay, Barry Allen's going to be our flash now. Yeah, yeah. If we have Wally West, people are going to say, you know, because you got all the diehard Wally. I love Wally West. Right. But, you know, you're, you're, everyone's going to want him to be Flash because, you know, they can't make him Kid Flash. And it's weird to have Bart Allen because we still don't know what his relationship is. Is he Barry's grandson, grandson from the future? You know, we, we don't know. Well, if that is the case, then that's really complicated. Yeah, because you, you still don't know. He, he's, yeah. he says his name is Bart Allen. And he's a speedster, but, you know, Scott Lobdell hasn't said, maybe I should ask him. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So but, but, I, I, but my, my point is, it'll be interesting to see, like, with, with just with Green Lantern, Green Arrow, I'm presuming not having had a relationship with, with Black Canary, or maybe he did, I don't know, in the past. Yeah, they were never married then? But Yeah, and what about how that Hall? affects continuity in the present. Where's and I, I, don't, I don't know, I'm as interested in all of that as I'm sure the, re- the, other, the readers are. Well, is the Connor Hawk, does he exist? Oh, I doubt that. How could that be? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All this stuff is gone. And we know Leanne, 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 Leanne Harper, yeah. she's, she doesn't exist. So you can't get on me for killing her anymore. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. That was pretty harsh, though. As, as a father, when you, you know. Well, it was funny because, as I said somewhere, like, originally, when it was going to be a monthly book, I had, I had them like, chasing Prometheus through, like, time and different worlds. And they were going to, like, find, they were going like, to end up stuck in, like, an animal, anamorphic version of the American Revolution yeah, and it was going to be yeah. so it was a much more fun book and in the end I'm murdering children and destroying cities did I, did I ever tell you I, I, I enjoyed the, the last the final page of, of Cry for Justice what, where he she, yeah. I, I, I thought that was great I thought it well ultimately that's what because he's the one that's the most liberal and he doesn't mm-hmm. like them torturing the the villains and everything else yeah I thought that I, that was great by the way have, have they revealed yet was Ray Allen Ray Palmer, sorry. Was Ray Palmer, Ray, Ray, Ray Allen, the basketball player, was he ever a DC superhero? Was Ray Palmer ever the Atom? I don't know. Now? Well, now he's the scientist that, in shade, isn't he? And he's shrunk all down. Yeah. I, I, but did he immediately just give give that ability to Ryan Choi? Or we don't know. That's another thing we don't know. There's so much we don't know. Interesting. Superboy, number four. Um, so... We have the revelation or the confirmation, which we was spoiled before, that Fairchild from Gen thirteen yeah. is is here. So we have that. Um, there's some big changes for Superboy here because you know he was working. He, he was basically like a lab rat for nowhere the organization. Um, he kind of gets out in the real world here, so some stuff happens, yeah. and I, I kind of I, I, I like this. I, it, like it was that. interesting to see where where it went and. It feels like there was a lot of shakeup, like some big things happen here, and then I'm not sure where it's going to go when it ends. But there is going to be a, a the crossover that people have been waiting for between Superboy and Teen Titans. Okay. Because he, you know, Superboy, the the first cover. I mean, Superboy's on the cover of Teen Titans, but he's not right. on the team yet, and so, and Teen Titans are are being hunted. So. That's another book, Infinite Crisis, the uh, Jeff Johns maxi series. Mm-hmm. Never happened. Well, um, Dan DiDio basically said that none of the crises happened. Did Fifty Two happen? I don't know, but the other thing did Final Crisis happen? Because if Final Crisis didn't happen, did Batman R.I.P. happen? Even though Batman supposedly is not not changed. So there, I don't know. I have no idea. And see that that's, and, and the whole thing, you know, Barry Allen sacrificed, so that didn't happen. The fan in me wishes, hopes that Ralph and Sue Dibney get brought back because yeah. I love those characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying in, to think. Was one it? of them died in '52, and the other one died in in Identity Crisis. Yeah, 
Justice League, League International, I think, or maybe it was Teen Titans. There, there. I think it was Justice League International where they were trying to assemble a team. There, there's some issue where there's like some people were looking at the screen. Yeah, first like issue, you, you think, see, yeah. Plastic Man was mentioned there, but what? he's not in any of the comics. So you know, some of these characters do exist. I'm, I don't remember if um, Elongated Man. I think it's that whole the death of Sue Dibney was so so contentious, and remains so somewhat. I think. New Avengers 19. Joe Red. Um, I, I I like Mike Deodato's art. I mean, he does like this super detail. Like when we see the destruction. I don't know how other people feel. And he makes Norman Osborn look like Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, he, he just does, like, super detail. Um, so, yeah, so we see yeah, yeah. The, the aftermath of the battle and all this. What's weird, though, is the way Bendis wrote Daredevil. He's kind of a jerk when he goes to the mansion and Squirrel Girl's there. First of all, he, he's, he's commenting on how, how stinky the baby is. Danny Cage. Well, he's talking about you know his ultra senses. Yeah, and there's that, and then then he's he's you know Squirrel Girl is you know she's she's all grateful that you know he saved yeah. her life, and he's kind of cold to her in a bit, and he, he just seemed a little insulting, which right. is not normal for Daredevil, even though Bendis wrote Daredevil. Yeah, he wrote it for quite some time, yeah. didn't he? I mean, I don't know, maybe you need to go back and look at that, but um, the main thing here is Norman Osborn with his team of Avengers and his crazy plan that he's trying to do it all again. I know. I have faith in Bendis that he'll pull it off, but at the moment, the fan in me that if I was a message board guy and all that sort of thing, it feels a bit a bit like I've already seen all this. So, yeah. so I'm curious. Obviously, he's not going to just repeat himself. He has a plan, mm-hmm. but Bendis does not not Norman well and Norman Osborn. I, I guess I'm saying at the same time, but I'm curious what it is because it has to be different than the last time. So they, they even comment on that, like he's gonna you know he's yeah. gonna fail again so yeah yeah it, yeah it's, and it's crazy that he's trying to he's he's been incarcerated and everything and he's trying to say oh yeah I, I got my own team of avengers and so it's like how can he do that when well it'll be interesting you yeah. know and uh when 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 bendis was uh when it was announced that he was like you know leaving the book and mm-hmm. everything else i twittered him and just said you know congratulations on or, yeah. Sterling, I, I saw that tweet. I haven't had my tweet. So, and he responded, "Thank you, but you know, there's still a ways to go. I've got mm-hmm. a lot to pull off before the end. So, presumably, this is all part of a bigger thing that's yeah. building and building, which is very exciting to see happen. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it, it'll it'll be. I, I mean, I love what he's. I mean, he's he's brought the Avengers back from you know obscurity. You know, when he yeah. did disassemble and that, and he's been on it for so long. So, it's going to be weird to see him leave and like who's going to come come and pick up. Yeah, pieces. yeah. I mean, so it'll be good in a way to see someone else take it on, but it also, it's it could be bad or it could be weird. But then you have, you know, other people doing Secret Avengers. You know, yeah, he's, he's not touching that book. And well, Remen isn't Remender coming on it. Yeah, or is Remender already on it? He is next issue. I think next it's issue. Like okay, twenty point one. Have to, have to look out for that one. Yeah, because I think Warren Ellis's last issue was like two weeks ago or something like that. How was that? Because I missed the first couple, and uh, and was it a good good arc? Um, the, the 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 last few issues have been like self-contained stories, which which are good because they're really like this is a secret Avengers. They're going on a covert mission that no one should know about. And I think that Sarah has an opinion now on this book. I don't think he was mean to her. I think he was just uncomfortable because she well, was coming musk. on to He's him. He's basically saying she stinks. No, the baby stinks. But he also said he mentioned yeah, squirrel because she's part squirrel, isn't she? Yeah. So she'd have squirrel like, oh, uh, pheromones. That stinks. He's, he's basically they they both stink. Well, he uh, she's attracted to him, and he's kind of like, eh, no thanks. 
Well, everyone's attracted to Matt Murdock, aren't they? Okay. I think that's his other well, that, the whole thing, yeah, who's he going to hook up with when he... But it was funny when he shows up, he's like, where's Avengers? Like, they didn't call me. Right. So, so I don't know, I thought it was pretty funny. My other problem with, with this is how all this fits together, because there was a New Avengers annual where Wonder Man... Yeah, well, that hasn't been finished, has because, it? Because, no, because him and his, his Revengers, or whoever he called yeah, yeah. them, they destroyed the mansion. And then we, we saw in Fear Itself where the Stark tower was destroyed so all the Avengers were going to stay at the mansion so it's like it's like we're going this weird circle where does all this yeah, fit together I, I don't know why they didn't they haven't finished it have they is that right mm-hmm. no it was, it was an annual where they attacked the it was meant to, no but it, they got it was going to continue kicked. yeah even the other wasn't there going to be if, if one is the new Avengers and the one is the mighty Avengers whatever it's called the rest regular Avengers the regular Avengers wasn't it an annual for one of the team and then it was going to continue as a second story in the remember. other annual maybe I don't remember what it if it listed that but yeah, I, hope, so I like, hope they don't kill off Wonder Man. I, all, all the characters I like, they end up messing with. I, I've always liked Wonder Man. He seemed a little extreme, where he's all pissed that the Avengers aren't doing their cause. It's, it's it just it was too much that he's going to attack and destroy. You know, back in the like the first issue of Avengers when he attacks them, he's like, "You got to disband." You, you know, where I'm going right, to attack right, you again. Right. It just it seemed out of obviously he's something made him crazy. Hopefully, something that can be cured. Yeah. yeah I don't know. All right, American next? Vampire 21. Yeah. Part, so this is uh, end of the arc. Um, Jordy Burnett. Yeah, Jordy Burnett. I, I dig the art, but um, when we see the vampires, the creatures here, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they didn't really look right. I, I thought the, 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 the all red. Yeah. It just, I don't know if it's a little, I don't know how I describe it. But that was like my only. Right. I so I really like the art, but I don't know if the art was was right for this arc, and I I told Scott that. How often do you speak to Scott? Um, Every day. No, once in a while. A lot. A lot. No. Maybe. Yeah. I like Scott. Speaking of another Scott, um, yeah. severed number five. Yes, which I bought but I haven't read yet. This is a great series. This one, it's things are getting really really dark and. It's, the unfortunate thing is, I assume you, I not, I don't hear people talking about this. No, so Scott not. Snyder and, and Scott Tuft, um, Atiya Futaki does art, and this is just great. I mean, it really yeah, the art's really nice. It's, it just totally captures the feel for it, and it's 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 a creepy book, and you know it, it's it just it's really good. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's I, I believe it's a seven issue miniseries, and things are 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 heating up, and it's like. Kind of creepy. These are weird feeling. Walking Dead ninety two. Um, I, I can never talk about this because no one's ever caught up right. on here. It, it's good. There's uh, last issues. Uh, new characters kind of been spying on their new community, so we find out about. I actually read this like two weeks ago, so I'm trying to remember what what I read. So it, it's good as always. I mean, I, I love Walking Dead. Um, and then we got Shield number four. You know, I don't think I've read any of these issues. I I'm the same. The last series was. Very cerebral. It was so. I it to me. It made. I, I could make head nor head nor tails of it. It was beautifully drawn, and clearly there was a lot of thinking involved in it. Um, but to me, I was a bit bewildered. Yeah. And maybe that's a sign of my intelligence. But you know, the idea of going back in and 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 being bewildered again was a little bit too much for me. My my problem with the the last arc is when um, Howard Stark. And Nathaniel Richards yeah, lead. Yeah, yeah. They they mentioned it was like 1950 something like that, 
So Howard Stark's leaving. He leaves Maria and Anthony. So does that mean Tony Stark was born in the 50s? In theory. See, I think that you, you can't do that. You can't put a specific time period when you got the sliding time scale in comics. Yeah, that's always that was always the problem with, um, uh, you know, Reed Richards. Originally, that his graying sideburns mm-hmm. were, were because he was in the war. When he, that's where he met Ben Grimm and where he met uh, Nick Fury. Yeah, or, back or in 19, Tony Stark in Vietnam. By, back in 1962, you could be, you know, what was it, 45... So seventeen years. So that makes so you were like forty years old, mm-hmm. um, and slowly that changed. Where I think at some point someone explained his graying as premature graying because of something that happened. I forget, but there was there's a a little retcon there. Mm-hmm. Whenever you mention stuff, yeah, but I, I just think you so. Know, so you're right. I mean, that would make Tony start in his fifties now. More than that, if he was born in the fifties. I mean, or, I thought you said fifty nine. No, I just said I think it was. I don't remember it's been, oh, something well, then, in, yeah, the 50s. in his fifties. Yeah, so but who knows? He could have been. But didn't he five. come back? Didn't he get become young for a while? And I don't think they people talk about that. Okay, <laughs> that was that was yeah. It's well, one of those things that bothers you because you brought it up on these podcasts when I was here. What young Tony Stark? You, I don't you, remember bringing that up. Yeah, you brought it up and you were you were not happy about it then, and you're clearly still not happy about it. No, it just it, it felt like there was no resolution because I, I I'm tr- I'm trying to think back how they they changed it back from young Tony Stark to regular Tony Stark. I mean, it's just. It was it was crazy. Although someone suggested, what if in a new fifty? You know how they they do some radical changes. Yeah. Someone said they should have made Guy Gardner a team. Oh, that would have been cool. And like then, a team Green Lantern. Yeah. That's a, little, then, that's a bit of a part of brat. Yeah. Be or like a job. Bit, bit, yeah. Bit of a bully. That would have been a. I I I think people would have fit if they did that. They DH. I mean, because they they DH Ollie. People would have what? No, what did you have say? Have a fit. In a good way or no, in a bad way. I think I think the guy Gardner fans would would not be happy. To, oh, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, but but it's too late like, now. Unless some well, they could always do it. They they, yeah, they made Tony Stark young. Once he, you once you with these fifty two books, once baby. you kind of introduce stuff, it's done. You can't really then go back on it. But they made Magneto a baby. Yes. <laughs> so who knows? Iron Man two point um, I'm still gonna buy this until it's, it's I, this is getting canceled. Um, this is what Nick Spencer. Yeah, so this whole Palmer Adley, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I'll admit, I, I'm still buying it. I haven't read the last couple of issues, but it's too bad. It's getting canceled. Ghost Rider number seven, I have not read this. This is also getting canceled, but... That's a female Ghost Rider. Yeah, and so we have Hawkeye on the cover. Avengers 1959, this is... So what issue? This is issue four or five. Yeah. I love the, the arc in New Avengers. Yeah. That was by Bendis. With um, the, my problem with that when they did that is the story flipped back and forth between current day and 1959. Yeah. So you had Mike Diodato's art and Howard Chaykin's art. Right. Which I'm not. I've said before. I'm not the biggest Howard Chaykin fan. I can right. appreciate it. I mean, I, I think it fits the time period. It, it's it's good for the 1959. But when you have Diodato and Chaykin in the same book, I thought it was too much of a jump going back and forth. So I really like that story. This one, it's not. I, I like the first issue, but then the second. I have just... a, you know, what I have a problem with sometimes is like we know the origin of the Avengers and how they met through the mechanism, the the, the, the mischief of Loki and everything else. And Janet Van Dyne's like, oh, we should be the Avengers. And suddenly the fact that there's like more to it and there's a team. That's my, other, I guess my problem with Shield as well. The idea that Shield is actually this thing that's been going on for centuries. And see, that's the thing: is it the same Shield? I mean, we have to assume so because I think it was the very, very first issue of the first Shield volume. 
where there was like this, I, I forget what time period, but there was like the, the eagle symbol. Right. So it leads you to believe. But when you have like, uh, who, who's, who's the main guy? Leonardo da Vinci? Leonardo da Vinci, that's right. So, and, and there's um, uh, Newton, Robert. Yeah. Um, so Robert. it's like, that that shield just seems so different than the Nick Fury shield. Yes. It's like, because, you know, they have all this this incredible future, whatever, weird technology, but Nick Fury shield never really had that. They had the helicarrier, which how the hell did they keep that floating up? You know, you right. need a lot of propulsion or whatever. Yeah, high so, so it's it's... I, it just seems too different. So, so that with the Avengers in 1959, I think it's a fun idea, but at the same time, it's like it's got to be a coincidence. Well, I, I think it's just just name. Yeah, I know. Because Nick Fury didn't have anything to do with, right? What you know? But aren't they saying now that this is all a backstory and there's more to Nick Fury and the secrets and blah 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 blah? I don't know. I mean, he's he's there. I mean, you would think he would say something like, "I used to be in a team of Avengers myself." And, Could I see the comic? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Like where. They they insert secret history, you know. Basically, they're making stuff up and throwing it in. I don't yeah. know how you feel about that as a writer. Like, if if you were gonna write something on Superman, and all of a sudden, oh, he spent you know two years on Mars and had a girlfriend there, and well, people do that. They especially have done that with Bruce Wayne, with like Bruce Wayne's past. Yeah, like well, just like all, all his his studying he did, you yeah. know, Lady Shiva, Henry Ducard, all that. So sometimes it works when you do you know stuff like that, but when you have like these big major things mm. that you know no one ever knew about, that all of a sudden now it's coming up. It's like how did no one ever know about it? I, I, I think it's all. I guess it's in the, the execution. Well, I'm curious how this all plays out. You know, yeah, yeah that's the thing because it's like you know Sabretooth never mentioned it. You know, did, unless he forgot all about it. You know, with all the mind wipes and all that. So I don't know. Um, there's wait, what else came out? Oh, Carnage. USA came out yeah. number one. Um, I don't like Carnage so much. Yeah, but why not? I, I just never cared for him because he. I, I refer to him as like a like a cartoon character. You know, he's he was like Venom, but more over the top. You know, he he was just insane. You know, he was just he was a serial killer, and it was, it was just I never really took him seriously. I didn't really care for him, and I don't know if it was just a red or but. Um, Zeb Wells, I think, is doing a great job with it, and Clayton Crane. I was, I was never like the biggest Clayton Crane fan, but right. I'm, I'm, I think it was through the last Carnage series, I, I'm starting to appreciate it more. And it's, it's weird how Carnage is—he basically wants to take over the country, the world. You know, he's got this this crazy scheme. And but what what's great about it is Zeb, he, you know, he can be really funny, and he can throw in the the, the humor, especially like in Avenging Spider Man. But there, there's some funny dialogue, but it's not Spider-Man in that issue. That, like some joking stuff that goes on. So it was good. I think well, that's, that's the comics. It. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, so as far as news, Joe Simon. What? Mm-hmm. Did you say something? Oh, nothing. Oh. Joe Simon. I apologize. Yeah, Joe Simon, a great loss. 98. And Edward Burrito. Yes. Um, Burrito. Was he like 50s? 57 yeah. Yeah, died much too yeah. soon yeah. I really wanted to work with that guy too at some point I never got the chance so um, Joe Simon obviously Captain America yeah Captain Bucky America. Barnes um, and then all of the well Simon you know Simon and Kirby yeah. did so much mm-hmm. so many interesting things yeah and um, Ed, so Barreto did a lot of new t- um, Teen Titans in the 80s he did um, the, the last one a testament of uh, 
Oh, the autobiography of Lex Luthor. Of Lex Luthor. Yeah, he did a really underrated sequel to Gotham by Gaslight. That was sort of Gotham, but it was the same Victorian Batman versus like a master of the world. You know, Jules Verne's uh, Robor the Conqueror, the master of the world mm-hmm. kind of guy. Um, and just lots of really accomplished artwork, you know, on, on um, Superman books and whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, a real sort of classic artist in the mold of like uh, Garcia Lopez. Mm-hmm. And I would have, you know, I would have loved to work with him. And I'm sorry that he died of what, meningitis or something? Yeah. You know, so. Sucks. Yeah, it really does. Uh, Jason Aaron is leaving Wolverine, but he's been doing a great job on the series. How long has he been on the series for? Well, he was on it before, and then they, I think they were, I'm pretty sure he was on it before, and right now they're only in issue 19, 20, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're changing the numbering to 300, mm-hmm. which, whatever, you know, they're combining all this, the past series. Yeah. So I guess that's his last arc. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No more. Is he still going to be doing Wolverine in the X-Men? Yeah. So he's still, like, writing Wolverine in other books. It's just he's off the ongoing. And the final story arc will take Wolverine to Japan. And there's a new Silver Samurai. Sabretooth is coming back. Sabretooth is coming back. And the, the new Silver Samurai is the son of the former Silver Samurai. So we'll see the hand in this and uh yeah should be interesting um top cow which we don't talk a lot about they're re- basically rebooting their universe right but it's not like dc they they've been working on this they've had plans on this before dc did theirs and it has to do with the 13 artifacts or so like ron mars has been working on it for like at least five years, if not, you know, talking about how it could change, you know, end the universe and all this stuff like that. But what's going to be different is even though there's going to be changes and it'd be new jumping on points and all that, everything that happened before still happened. It's just this event that changed everything. So it's, it's, it's basically the characters are, they might not, some characters will notice that there's a change, others won't. Yeah. But it's not like, New Krypton was erased, you know. So everything that happened before in Top Cow still happened. It's just the the cause has changed things. So I think okay. it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Ron Mars's final issue of Witchblade came out this week, which we didn't talk about. Um, so he did seventy one issues in a row, seven years. Wow. Um, big, big, pretty kind of big change for the character Sarah Pizzini. Um, Looking for Ron Mars. Happened, and then Tim Seeley is doing the next issue. Right. Just one issue, or is he taking he's, over? He's, he's taken over. Oh, good. So um, I read that already. It's it's, and that's in the rebirth universe, as Top Cow's referring to it. So there is a jump between the two issues. And how startling is it? How what? The the, the change, the jump. In, on, in, on a scale, which, on a scale of which, one it's, to it's, ten, it's, it's it's not that. I mean, basically, some some of the status quo of. Her character has, has changed, but it's not as shocking as like Green Green Arrow. No, no. And so that's the thing. I mean, it makes sense. Um, all the changes are going to happen in artifacts. So um, on the twenty eighth, I think artifacts. Um, what issue is it? Thirteen comes out, and then on January fourth is, or maybe it's issue no issue twelve comes out on the twenty eighth, and then issue thirteen is on January fourth, and that's where things are going to be different. And that's also when Witchblade comes out on the 4th. 
So people can read, they don't have to worry about it, but it's also like, you know, if you have been reading whatever top cow, it's not like you're gonna be pissed that New Krypton is erased. Because hmm. New Krypton never happened in the top cow universe. Um, there's another Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance trailer. I just saw I actually it's weird that that movie was so terrible and yet those trailers look fun yeah I didn't know, I still haven't seen the first well, the first one has a great final final shot if I, you if you're a crass a crass guy like me I, I bought it on on blu-ray it was like I think six or seven bucks yeah it's not a great it's not a great comic book adaption I haven't opened it it's still sealed but the, but the fact that he's doing another one and it actually looks pretty good I mean, we'll see mm-hmm. yeah I don't know um, there are some new images for Amazing Spider-Man uh, on the website. Oh yeah. So there, there's some backstory which we kind of saw in a trailer. Um, for some reason, why am I not? I don't care. I don't just don't care about this film. I I I'm interested. Yeah, I feel. I, like, I think I feel like Garf- I've already seen it. Why are they doing it? You know, I just that's the thing. They they said that it wasn't going to be a reboot, but it's got to be a reboot. Yeah. I mean, it, it's but it's weird. what I like is that they're touching on the fact that what happened with with Peter's parents. Because you know, in the comics, they were Shield agents, and you know, they died. They died on a mission. When did that happen? You never said no. That was terrible. What? You didn't know that. Peter Parker's parents were Shield agents. Yeah. Oh my God. Where have you been? I don't know. I don't. I've never ever heard that in my life. Yeah. I think it was when. I don't know if it was before or when they did the flashback issues. They they did all the negative one issues. Look at this. I look up and someone has done no written on the ceiling. (laughs) I feel the same way. There's a smash bug there. Smash fighter. That's he's saying no. But like, you know, he's an ordinary kid that gets these superpowers. The moment you have something now his parents are secret. They they, they weren't they didn't have any powers or anything. Terrible. Terrible. Who 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 wrote that? I don't know. Don't ask me. Well then because they should be ashamed of themselves. That's a terrible idea. where his parent what happened to his parents? They, they died just, in a car accident. They just normal stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, more, that, that's almost as bad that as way. that's almost as bad as Mary Jane knowing that he was Spider Man before she knocks on the door. No, that was terrible. No, we had this argument. Already. You don't know what you're talking about. I do know very much. Yeah. She knew, and that I well, think that, that makes that, her, that, that, that makes her shallow. Her. No, it doesn't because yes, it does. No, because she didn't go after him right away. She could have said, oh, no, I, I they can keep missing each other. She kept knocking on the door. Reason, no. But she it's kept the only knock- reason that she even no, went to talk no, to no, him was no, because... Yeah, no, yeah, she, she, was, she was putting it off. No, they were both putting it off. That's not true. Yes, yeah, so go back and read the issues. She keeps missing him. You're like, oh, you just met my, you just missed my niece constantly. So he's, she's constantly trying to get, oh, where's, where's Spider-Man? No, I want to be with Spider-Man. Even when she knocks on the door, it's not like they hook up right away. But you so face it, Tiger, she, you just she, hit the she, jackpot. She's she, basically saying, "No, no, you, no. you know, she, I'm available." She dated Harry, Harry Osborne. She dated Flash, and she didn't like go after like I could be dating Spider Man right away. Oh, she knew she wasn't dating them when when she uh, no, but she did after. That was Gwen Stacy that was with. It seems to be now with everybody. No, Gwen Stacy wasn't with everyone. She dated Flash Thompson. She dated no, it was Liz Allen that dated Flash Thompson. Gwen Stacy dated Flash Thompson. Don't look at me. I don't think so. Yes. Well, let's see. And then also, uh, she she dated uh, Osborne's son, and then also had sex with the father. No, Mary Jane dated Osborne. No. Harry. Mary Jane dated Harry. I don't believe that's true. Oh, um, am I thinking of just Norman because no. he was with Gwen Stacy, wasn't he? Well, that she they well, had the kids. Zerzinski. Mary Jane dated Harry Osborne. Oh, okay. they have it. Yeah. All right, I'm wrong, but still. Blech. What I say? Yeah, he did. Flash Thompson briefly dated Gwen Stacy before he went on his first tour of duty. Uh, oh, 
know, they dated, they went to the movie, they went to the sock hop. That, that counts, though. Yeah. Um, the rogues are coming back in the Flash. Yeah. Issue seven. Yes. They are powered. Some people are having, were upset that Captain Cole doesn't have his cold gun. That he's a meta now. I think that's cooler. But, so we talked to Francis, and he said that they weren't always metas. So they, just like how Barry Allen tried evolving himself, and he's got all the thinking thing, which yeah. led to him getting shot, because he was too busy thinking instead of acting. Um, the, the metas tried enhancing themselves, too. And there's that's part of the story, why they're not together now and what's going on. So It'd be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, and you know they're updated a little bit. So. Yeah, it makes them more formidable, you know. And who is it? Someone is, was saying that how you know you already have Mister Freeze, you know, with his freeze gun, and then Captain yeah. Cold, and so I, I'm I'm curious. J. Joe Retaliation, the trailer. Trailer. They reveal that one of the characters gets killed. All the characters get killed. They, right. they, they say we're the only ones left, which I don't buy that, but. Well. It's because they can't bring the actors back. So, but Shannon Tatum agreed to be in a cameo, basically. Maybe so he gets killed in the beginning, according to the trailer. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. You can't... I don't even... I, don't, I grew up in England. I don't even really know G.I. Joe, but I know that killing... When they killed Duke in the cartoon show, it soured every fan. Because they killed him in this cartoon show. I don't remember the cartoon. There's, there's a movie. Mean. There's a G.I. Joe movie. Oh, maybe that... that was, they do, they Don Johnson did a voice. And I, I remember Wikipedia reading about it, and it was like, they, they did the same mistake, like they killed Optimus Prime in, the, in, in a big Transformers that movie. That was touching, though. And they killed Duke somehow or other. So... And the fans didn't like it then, so I can't imagine that... The, well, the, the movie also had Cobra La, and all this... It was just bad. But... Um, so, yeah, if, if for whatever... I, I think the reason... A lot of the actors aren't returning from the first. It was for budget reasons because they had to scale down their budget to make the sequel. So there's, I'm, I'm assuming, and I don't know what I'm talking about necessarily, but I'm assuming that they had high salaries for the first one, and then there's like the guarantee. So if they're going to do a sequel, they'd have right. to match a set. Just like supposedly that's what happened with Terrence Howard, that he was the first right. cast, so he had he would he got paid more for Iron Man than Robert Downey Jr. did. I would be surprised if. Whatever you're paying Sharon, Shannon Tatum and Wayne Brother, it's more than you, you pay The Rock and Bruce Willis. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't know. Like, well, maybe they say, well, you know, we're going to... Unless they decided to go with The Rock and Bruce Willis, they were like, oh, okay, well, if we sign on these two guys, oh, we can't afford anybody else. Well, we don't need them anymore else or something. But see what they should have just done? You don't have to kill them all off. Just say, okay, they're not part of this mission. Right, right, they're right, they're right. somewhere else. They're right. they're on leave. Or, I mean, because right. in in the comics and in the cartoon, you didn't always have the same team. That's true. So I don't know, but we'll see. Um, I don't know if you guys read uh, Michael Chabon's Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. I did, but so they've been wanting to make. Uh, I forget who had the rights to. Um, it was. Cavalier. I tell you, who it was. It was um, Scott Rudin. But so I think it's like since 2005, 2004, they've yeah. been talking about trying to make a movie yeah. of it. Um, so this one dude, which I, I didn't jot down his name, he, he, he wants to make it. He's thinking like, well, maybe we should make like an eight-part HBO That's exactly how series. they should do it. It's way too multi-layered and complex to do it as a movie. It, I, I don't know. I don't yet. lose so much of the book. And I don't know if, I don't know how it would do as a standalone movie if people would go out 
Well, that, the other thing is, I don't know how well it would do as a as a as a series. I mean, I don't know how many people want. I guess people bought the book, so maybe uh, maybe they would. But as, as a series, you you can get more. You know, there'd be more character development versus yeah, a, a lot two hour movie. Who cares about these two guys that yes. you know, create this character? And... For, for people who it's Cavalier and Clay who were it was sort of based on the world of the life of um, Will Same Eisner, way. but also on Simon and Kirby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of fictionalization in that. Is it one of the characters uh, gets out of Germany before the Nazis, mm-hmm. and they create a character called the Escapist, mm-hmm. who is who 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 is somewhat like Batman in that it has a career outside of comics, and also somewhat like Captain America, whatever. And it's the the, the these two men's lives, very very different people, very different lifestyles, and how. These lives kind of drift through the various years with comic books, Was there, the industry in the background. There's some like Siegel and Schuster. Oh, based guys? on them too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it takes all of those partnerships, and and how they sold off the rights for nothing, and then tried creating their own other series after that. And yeah, there's a female character too, isn't there? They created there, there, there's a, a something a bee or a butterfly or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, it's been a while, but I'd, I'd be curious. So we'll have to see. I guess so. They just need to get the okay, the permission. But it's like it's. I don't think it could be made into a theatrical movie. I think no. You always lose too much. Yeah. Yeah. They should try to do that. Natalie Portman is pissed off that Patty Jenkins about her departure. So apparently, from what little I read, I didn't dwell on this because it seemed like such a non-story. But I guess because originally she wasn't attached for the sequel. You know, she probably has a sequel clause, but she was like, eh. But then I guess once Patty Jenkins came on board, she's like, yeah, I want to do it. But she found out that Jenkins was gone on the Internet. So it's like no one at Marvel supposedly even told her, even though she's saying, yeah, I want to do it. She's like, well, maybe I should just stop acting for a while because I don't spend time with my kid. And she's just upset. Well, Patty Jenkins, I thought, was an odd choice to begin with. She's most well known for what monster? Mm -hmm. Isn't that what she directed? Yeah. But I guess Kenneth Branagh is, was also a, a, an odd choice, yeah. and he did a really good job. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he gave his approval, and that, but mm. you know, I don't know. So, so now there's no director, so we'll have to see. Well, it's not like there wasn't a queue of directors needing work that would love to do a, a, a big box office tempo film. Yeah. Uh, I guess Marvel announced they're going to do a prelude comic to the Avengers movie. That's not a surprise. Yeah, which... All right. Okay, whatever. And yeah, I I don't know why that was an announcement, but um, there's going to be a Bionic Woman comic in March, which they've talked about before. Mm-hmm. They, Dy- so Dynamite. Dynamite doing that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Dynamite has the Bionic Man, and yeah. so they've talked about that. Um, I thought it was supposed to happen next summer. I thought that's what I was told, but I now does anybody care? Really? I, that's the, I mean, people buy are buying the Bionic Man. I mean, it's it's not. But it's Kevin Smith, isn't it? It's Phil Hester. Uh, which is an idea by like Kevin Smith? Uh, see, I, that's my, my question is, because so Kevin Smith, I guess, had, just like with the Green Hornet, you know, he had this screenplay, this idea, and I just wonder how much involvement Kevin Smith actually has with the Green Hornet or with the Bionic Man. You know, if maybe he did the draft, he did an outline, or he did this, and then Phil Hester is coming and doing, I, see, I, I, I don't know how much, what the involvement is, but, yeah, so... There's gonna be Bionic Woman, so I, I don't. I mean, I obviously, if I mean Bionic Man must be selling enough for them to do a yeah, spinoff. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know what numbers they need and what's right. successful. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, 
Christopher Nolan apparently spoke about the eight-year gap in The Dark Knight. Yeah. So I got a super long quote. I don't think I'm going to read all this. But he says, it's going to make a lot more sense to people when they see the film. But it's not a great mystery. It's a jumping off point for the film. But it's hard for me to articulate it. I think the mood at the beginning of the film will make a lot of sense. If I had to express it thematically, I think what we're saying is that for Batman and Commissioner Gordon, there's a big sacrifice, big compromise at the end of The Dark Knight. And for that to mean something, that sacrifice has to work and Gotham has to get a better, has to get better in a sense. Mm-hmm. I could go on, but I don't know. All right, well, I'm assuming that there's been lots of untold adventures with villains and will, you know, and then... And this is the, the final... It's meant to be like the final adventure or something, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, this is his last. No, but Batman, isn't there supposed to be some sense of com- of conclusion for the, for this? For the know. for the three movies. Yeah. yeah. So presumably this will be... I don't know. We'll see. See, my theory, which we talked about a little bit ago, a few weeks ago or whatever, I think that Batman and Bane have their their fight. Batman gets his back broken. And so that explains some of the... Time difference. Oh, that's interesting. Because there's supposedly there was a like some spy footage of a shot where he gets out of his Lamborghini and he's Batman's walk. Bruce Wayne's walking with a cane. So uh, you know maybe he did have some injury and yeah, yeah, yeah. so he that's had had to heal. Yeah. Um, I think I was told I was wrong. I think it was Norm maybe or I don't know said that that, that that his back's not going to get broken in the movie. And I said, okay, well, 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 you and Norm should put ten dollars on it and see who's right. So, maybe. Um, now for some user questions. Okay. So we can all answer these. Um, the first comes from Sean Needham1. Um, what do heroes do when they are like a Spider-Man or Daredevil and a cosmic threat attacks like Thanos is attacking? Um, they, uh... Well, they work out ways to make themselves useful. They just get a lot of prep time. Well, it's interesting because Thanos appeared in an issue of Daredevil, didn't he? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Like in those weird Steve Englehart ones? In the I don't recall. In the no, doesn't sound familiar. I'm not. Or something like that. I I, I forget too. Uh, I seem to recall when 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 Daredevil went to San Francisco and lived there for a while with Black Widow. There was something involving Thanos. So I could be completely mm-hmm. mis- misremembering. But I guess what they do is they make themselves available. You know, they they think about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, really, the question is, what does Captain America do? He doesn't have. I mean, he's enhanced, but he's no more enhanced mm-hmm. than Spider-Man. Yeah. He just goes in and... Yeah, that's what heroes do, isn't it? They, yeah. they, they do what they can. Well, it was like when... Um, I, I forget the issue. One of my, my favorite covers of Amazing Spider-Man, it's, it's when he had the, the symbiote suit and Fire Lord comes to New York. And so Spider-Man has to like, chase, has to try to stop him. Because the covers, like the Avengers are, are you know, they're getting there. Like, yeah. Spider-Man, you can't stop him. And Spider-Man's just wailing on, on Fire Lord and he's like, want to bet? But that's a stupid thing, anyway. Why Spider Man's, you know, more powerful than Giant Man, you know, or a lot of the characters who are, or Black Panther, Mm -hmm. and yet if they were involved in something involving Fire Lord, you'd go, oh, that's fine. So it, it, that's just convenient kind of. Yeah, I thought it was great because basically he Spider Man was in over his head. He knew that. But because he was a hero, that he's like, I yeah. can't well, just sit that, back. That, they're some of the best stories. I'm going to do what I can. The, that original story where Daredevil takes on Namor, what the Wally Wood did, it's like issue five or six, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he gets his, his ass handed to him, but he never gives up and never gives mm-hmm. up. 
still remains one of the, the best like yeah. heroic comics ever. Yeah. So they they do what they can and hope the cavalry comes. Next question is from Ben W. Hey guys, love the podcast. I'm 32 and collected comics pretty heavily in the early 90s. So I think James, you might be able to comment on this. I really went in for the Valiant books. I know, I know the few, the proud. XO, Man of War, Solar, Archer, and Armstrong stuff was great. Anyhow, just wondering what you're feeling, thinking about the upcoming relaunch of the company. I went to the site, and all you can do is enter your cell and email, and I haven't read any rumors, info, anything on all the blogs and sites. Thanks. Be well through the holidays. Well, I have... I, I, I don't want to be... I mean, I, although I, I was aware of the whole Harbinger thing, I didn't really read the, the Valiant books. I read some of them, like um, Exo Man of War and... Um, they were so Turok. heavily hyped by, like, Wizard and whatnot that yeah. I, I turned me off. They had those those uh, weird foil... I forget what, what they so, call so, the covers. So, in terms of the... In terms of the, the, the actual series now, all I know is that I believe Dark Horse has the rights to the gold key characters, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did, they've done Dr. Solar. And Magnus. Aren't they doing yeah. Magnus? I think they're doing Magnus. So, I don't so think they're if doing they, also. Yeah, so if, they, if they're doing those characters, then what is it that is the Valiant books? It's these other ones like Exo Man of War and Archer and Armstrong. It doesn't, I mean, I, I don't know, and I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope, you know, I, I never wish anyone in trying to do a, 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 some sort of endeavor ill will or, or, or failure, but I just can't, it doesn't seem like a very strong lineup of characters. I don't know much about those guys, to be honest. So, but it, it could be brilliant, and 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 you know, a year from now, you're all excited and telling me how great they are, or I'm or I'm reading too, and I'm telling you that. It's interesting. Like you look at a company like Dynamite, they may not have had very many properties, but they acquired a lot. Yeah, um, they've gone nuts, haven't they? There's yeah. so much. So I I do think that's always that. The kind of problem with with Dynamite is they do that where they they get something and it's. You know, successful for them, and then they overdo it. Well, I was thinking that when you brought up Phil Hester and then Green Lantern and my uh, Green Green Hornet, and my brain went like, obviously they got the rights, and they were excited in the hope that that, that Seth Green, Seth uh, not Seth Green, that would Rogan. be hilarious. Seth, uh, Mo- whatever his name is, Seth Rogan, Seth Rogan, um, book movie success, and they and they had Kevin Smith doing one, and they had Matt Wagner doing one, but God, there there seemed to be a there's million. Like, I think there's like at least four, and yeah. I, and I was thinking, where is the demand for this much Green Hornet? I don't know. I mean, same thing with like you know you got Zorro and you know um, Lone Ranger. It's like right. I, I, don't, I like I said I don't know what qualifies a successful book for them, but obviously there has to be it has to be successful enough for them to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I I don't know. So like like Flash Gordon number one, I thought that was great. I'm just worried that now you know we're going to see a bunch of different Flash Gordon right right. Out, so I don't know. Uh, next is from Foxfire Arts. When you see the kind of visuals that come out of games such as Uncharted 3 or Arkham City, do you think that comic book feature films would be better off using CG characters to make their movies? No. They could be stylized as with Clone Wars or more realistic. You wouldn't have to worry if the actor looked the role, but how they performed or sound. Kevin Conroy doesn't look like Batman, but he sure is a voice for many. I would see a movie that looked like Arkham City. Well... Honestly, in terms of Arkham City, because the designs on, on that are so brilliant, I, I guess I would too. But, I mean, it, I think sometimes, like, movie movies based on video... You, you can't include Batman in that, but when you when you adapt a movie, they're fatally flawed to begin with because 
playing the game. It's such an exciting experience that's like a movie unfolding before you and you and you're so involved in it. You know, I just finished Uncharted Two, I guess since the time I spoke to you last, I was about to do it, and um, they're going to do a movie of that. And to me, it, you know, the moment the moment it just becomes a movie about a, a sort of modern day Indiana Jones, I feel like I've seen that as a sci fi film. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas the, the the video game is is so unique. So whether or not it's it's using the animation or whether it's an actor. I think either way, it just isn't as good as well, the experience of playing the game. I think Assassin's Creed would be, you know, would would could would would be reined in as well. I mean, I can't think of a video game that would would be better for Dead. Can you imagine Dead Space? It would just be like a cheesy mm-hmm. alien ripoff. But as a game, it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I don't know the answer to that really. But I I I, I think. I guess I'd be interested in seeing an animated version of one of these video video games if, if it was around. But I think the bigger problem is that I don't think video game adaptions can be as good as the games themselves. Yeah. Well, I think what he's referring to is like, we're going to do a Batman movie, but it's going to be CG mm-hmm. instead, yeah. of, instead of live actors. I don't think theatrically it would work. You could do straight to the Yeah, you video. could absolutely do straight to video. So I don't know. I don't... I don't I, I mean, I'm the, not crazy the, about TG. The so. the, uh, the Green Lanterns, you know, I I uh, I, I was actually in in LA last week, and I was I was hanging out with Jeff for a little bit, Jeff Johns. So he showed me a couple of the the, the episodes mm-hmm. of the Green Lantern series, of which I think they they, they done showed one. the the old two, the first two as a hour premiere. So and that, I thought that was fun the way that they did it, yeah. and that's sort of like anima- uh, video uh, video Very game stylized, animation. Yeah. yeah, it definitely has a, its own feel. So yeah, I like, but something like that. I don't know how. Even though we have all these CG movies for kids, I don't know. I don't know if if, if a superhero CG movie would work in theaters. I don't think so. It could make some things easier, like casting and location, and maybe budget. But I I, I don't know. Hmm. Um, a Green Lantern uh, CG, like completely CG movie, might have been okay. But uh, yeah, practically was. Well, I guess, well, I guess like the the merging of real life people and the CG was weird for me. Next from Andre Kenty, if you could create a comic, what kind would it be? Theme, heroes, villains, etc. Well, I guess we know what kind of comic you would create, James. I don't know that you know that much. What would that, what would that be? Uh, like Shade or Starman or. Cry for justice. I, I I have a. It wouldn't be cry for justice. I have a. That's insulting. Thank you. <laughs> I have a couple of. of I, I shouldn't rag on my work that much though. So I, I take that back. Um, I I have a few ideas for like creator own things that I'll be doing in the next year. I don't want to say what they are, but they're not they're not anything like the stuff I'm doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I'm. I I don't even know if. I think it'd be hard to try to. And, you know, you could prove me wrong to try to create something new in terms of like superheroes. It's like, you know, if you think of like most of the, the power have been used in some form or another, you know, trying to create something different. And but I mean, I guess it could be done because, you know, you got that new issue to Ray, which is similar but different. So I, I don't know. I mean, if, if I had to do something, I, I don't know. Well, the thing is, if you did it yourself, you would believe in what you were doing. And that that added element of of belief I think can make even a tired idea seem fresh mm-hmm. so you never know you might surprise yourself by doing something that on paper was was a blatant rip off or unintentionally but you know it was very similar to an existing character and just by 
how much you how much passion you put in it suddenly feels fresh and exciting. When we first started the site, you know, we we had a um, how would you explain this? I mean, so basically, when Comic Vine first started, you know, you you created a persona. You know, you weren't you know, like I didn't come on as Tony Guerrero. It's like for the longest time, people didn't even know my name. So you know, I was always G Man, and you know. And Ethan was was Red Lamp, and Dave was and was Captain Cascade. This you were Batgirl Babs. Yeah. So you know, we all had that. So what I did is I I wrote like a story for my character, right. which is on on my page, and I came up with this history and all this stuff like that. And and you know, so I don't know how that would be as a comic. And I felt the creators of Fringe kind of stole a little of my idea. Uh-huh. Not really coincidence, but yeah, I don't I don't I'd have to sit and think if I had to actually create something on my own so I can't answer that no. I wouldn't want to write a superhero book okay what, what would you like to write something that isn't a superhero book okay well then and well I hope you get to do that at some point I'm sure it would be great yeah maybe one day who knows okay next from Thanos rules many people wait for trades sometimes to their dismay do you think publishers will ever simply release trades no issues um, I think uh, Kickstarter is it? Kick, no, Kickstarter. 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 Yeah. That the, the comic company, not the the where you get asked for funding. Uh, no, that's Kickstart. I think that the one. Kickstart Kickstart is the company. Kickstarter is the. Um, where you get people to give you money yeah. for your project. Okay, so the one that's not where you ask people. They basically put out like 80, 90 page mini books. Mm-hmm. They're no single issues, and you know. Like you know, Jimmy Palmiotti. They're not bad. Yeah, and you know the risk is higher, but the reward is probably higher too. Yeah, as as far if if we're talking about about mainstream comics or DC and Marvel, I don't know. I think if eventually, you know, and it's just I'm talking maybe five years from now or more as as people's what people like changes. When you have uh, comics just online, like on iPads. Mm -hmm. The cost to print that small percentage of hard hard comic books will be so high that they'll just probably do a, a, do the trades, and that's and, and and there's a demand. I think having it having a tra- a trade on your bookshelf, even if you've read it on it on, on the iPad, you you might want to own that. Mm-hmm. So I think in a way they might sell more because there are people that even though they might like that trade, they can't afford to buy it because they've invested in the comic books. I can I can see the market making a change uh, eventually. And um, not printing weekly comics anymore, and just making trades, and um, yeah, but that's something sad to think about because it always makes me think about the retailer, you know. Yeah, no, it's 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 bad. I just wonder, like, someone like Batman or Spider Man, you know, if if you do a trade, let's say it has five issues, six issues, so that's like five or six months of material. How long would it be in between trades? You know, would you get a Spider-Man trade every five months or would another one come up? You know, because otherwise you're getting a lot more material on a monthly basis. You know, how I don't know how you would yeah, be I don't able know. to do that. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't, that's what would be hard to do. Well, the, the funny thing is that as hard as it is to do, this, it's a very good question. What's the guy's name? Thanos Rules. Thanos Rules. Very good question. Um, I think that we'll, we'll, we'll find out. This is not just a hypothetical question. Mm-hmm. And within the next few years... All of this stuff will make itself evident in, in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, next, got a couple more. Next is from Omniverse Man. 
Is Dr. Guerrero in the New 52, so some pages flashed, made after G-Man, me. I couldn't help but notice their likeness, and after that, their surname. So the answer is yes. Grand Cruz Manipul and Brian Guccellato put me in there, and then they shot me in the back. There you go. Two bullets, which I, real, I realized that after, that the character was shot in the back, and that there's two bullets, so one for each of them. There you go. And Brian Guccellato said his was a kill shot. There you go. <laughs> so thanks, guys. Um, yeah, there's. I, I I thought it was mentioned before. There's there's not much of a story there, but yeah. Um, and the last one is from DJ Otaku. Which superheroes do you think have the lamest powers? I vote Jubilee, especially as depicted in the 1994 X Men cartoon. What? When Jubilee first came on, she was like, "Who asked this pat. question? We're not friends." DJ Otaku. Mm-mm. DJ, we are not friends. I love me some Jubilee. But she didn't do anything. All her, her I mean, in the she comics, was a kid. in the comics, they said, "Oh, she's got the potential." All this stuff like that. But before, all she did was just these little fireworks, as she called. You know, they just path, path, and they they didn't do anything. She's like, "Oh, it's bright." Whatever. She was cool. I liked her when I was a kid. Um, lamest power. Well, I'm trying to think. I don't have to. Uh, I'll think about it later. Later, what it wasn't that guy, uh, Captain Ultra. Oh, that actually, they use him in the um, in that Avengers annual that never had his second half mm-hmm. that we just talked about with Wonder Man. Oh, and his weakness is water or something. I'm trying to think. He had pretty lame power. He was a plumber in Secret Identity. He was a plumber or something like that. It was. I mean, it was meant to be a joke character. I think when he was created, but oh. he's pretty lame. Yeah. Well, lamest weakness would be Green Lantern. I think yellow. Well, yellow's yellow is weak. Uh, Golden Age Green Lantern wood. Really? Yeah, it was, it was oh wood. Boy. So, like, he could take on a giant monster, but sports master with a baseball bat is big, big trouble. Oh, my god! And even, um, there was one other that popped in my head just then. I've forgotten it. With with uh, with a weakness. I don't know. I think I'll say Reptile. Reptile? Reptile from Avengers Academy mm-hmm. and Superhero Squad cartoon. Turns into dinosaurs. I don't know, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. cool. It's good, but... I'd like to turn into a dinosaur. You, you wouldn't like it if you just came up and ate you mm. as a T-Rex, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That, that's kind of fun. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else. I, again, this is something that you'd have to actually think about. Yeah. As, as far as, if you're going to say definitively the, the lamest of all I mean, all Gambit's time. powers are kind of lame. I, I think that's cool. With I the mean, cards? Any, anything's a, it's not just cards. It's anything's a weapon. Yeah, but he only uses cards, and it's just kind of... easy to carry. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. We can just say, yeah. It's like kind of like bullseye where anything's a weapon. That would be good. Have they ever done a bullseye gambit? Um, uh, I would think so, but I don't know. That, that would be cool. Think. Right guy doing it? Yeah. Maybe if you ever go to Marvel. Pitch it to Marvel. Yeah. yeah. So. That's it. That's it. So everybody, thank you again for, for allowing me to be on the podcast Thanks and for, uh, for, for, for people who listen to it. You know, I'm not a douche. um well james thank you for coming in and i guess it's the holidays so will there be a podcast next week i don't know okay maybe i I don't know if anyone you're not going to be around i will be around i don't know if anyone else will be around yeah i'll be back i want to be a bit more regular so i figure with these issues of shade what's that (laughs) oh well brand yeah um uh, with the shade, so I guess the Friday after the next issue comes out, I'll be back. Okay, if you guys want me. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, and Tintin comes out 
in the, the United 21st. States this Wednesday. Yeah. And then also there's um, this movie I'm just excited about, the one set in Russia by the director of Wanted, which which, which has Dark in the title, and I can't remember anything else about it. Dark Knight Rises. No. But it, it like comes out Christmas Day. I mean, they think it's a big movie. They assume. Oh, yeah. I can't think about that. There's a lot coming out. Yeah. And there's Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr., which I can't wait for. Yeah. I can. Sarah. Except 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 Jude always... Law is in that movie, so I have to go see it. Why, what's the thing about Jude Law? Oh, you like you like balding oh, balding yes. uh, yeah, alcoholic abs- Englishman. Absolutely, uh, ph- philandering alcoholic Englishman. Uh. Yeah. And on that note, um, thanks for listening and thanks for submitting questions to us. And hopefully there there'll be a, a podcast next week, right? Yeah. Have a great, uh, you know, whatever it is you celebrate. Yes, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah.